0: WDRS Talk is made possible by the Anchor app. If you've never heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's absolutely free and allows you to make your own podcast on your phone or on your computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can make money from your podcast as well without a minimum membership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. So, go and download your Anchor app for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. You're listening to the Wolf's Den Radio Show Talk. Hey, sisters and brothers, this is WDRS Talk, the Wolf's Den Radio Show Talk, and I am your host and your brother from another mother and uh, spreading cosmic love to everywhere I go this is Wolf Himara, and thank you very much for joining me for another great episode here on The Talk, uh, WGRS Talk, not The Talk. There's a, there's a TV program for that. I, I don't want to get... Uh, <laughs> anyway, WGRS Talk, people. Thank you very much for joining me, and thank you very much for your support. It's going to be a great episode, episode 29, and uh, we're going to have a very interesting guest for you uh, a little later on, but before we do... Uh, gotta get rid of some business and uh, my thoughts on some current events. So please, if you are listening on YouTube, please um, uh, subscribe to the channel and please like the episode because all of those things they help a lot with the analytics on the internet and algorithms and all of that juicy stuff that goes on on the internet that we have known nothing about. <laughs> But anyway, it helps. And uh, uh, if you're listening on Spotify, do the same thing. Please give it a follow as well as Apple Podcasts. And if you want to uh, show your support uh, monetarily, um, please go to the Anchor.fm website or the Anchor app. And uh, you can actually make a donation to the show. Uh, Just go to the WDRS talk page. And there is a support button over there. And uh, you can do a monthly donation or just a one-time donation to the show. And it helps a lot. It keeps my equipment up to date and, um, and whatever else I need funds for. Um, yeah. And there are, are a couple of people who are already monthly donors, and I appreciate it very much. Thank you very much for doing that. And uh, please, yeah, don't uh, hesitate to donate to the show. Um, it always goes to a good cause. All right, moving on. I got a new band called The Melodies. And uh, we are going to be releasing a new single slash demo. Is a demo version of, a, of our single, our first song to be put out into the world. It's a song called La Man. Uh, in English, it's called Flesh. And we will be uh, releasing that... Uh, on uh, all the streaming sites, Spotify, Apple, whatever, whatever you, and YouTube. Um, uh, later on in the month, to to uh, wrap up um, Filipino American History Month here in the U.S., we're gonna go out with a bang and uh um a little further down maybe a week after the single comes out we're going to put out the music video which is a really cool music video it was uh, directed by uh, a new friend of the band and uh, a very uh, a great supporter of the band angelo alonte thank you very much brother for all your help this is going to be a good journey uh combining forces with you and your crew as well as uh, Lauren, I forget their last names, Zuzi, and um, and Marceline Taylor, who hooked everybody up with one another. You know, she is the uh, she is the the diplomat that uh, brings all the talent together. So, thank you very much for all your help. Um, so, check it out. The Melodies is coming out with a single in maybe two weeks called La Man, and a video on. Uh, the last week of October, just in time for Halloween. So please uh, check it out. Please listen. That's all you got to do is just listen for more than because <laughs> I think if you if you pl- press play on Spotify, you they have to like you have to listen to the song at least a minute and fifteen or a minute thirty for it to count as a listen, you know, as one listen. So please, it's a great song. Uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be selling it like I'm selling it right now if I didn't believe it in. So so please do that. Um and uh check out the melodies and follow us on Instagram uh at MelodiesOfficial and on Facebook The Melodies. That's D-W-E-S. Alright, thank you very much for that one. And uh all right, so episode twenty-nine is gonna be uh, Mr Bo Razon, who is a multi instrumentalist uh, best known for his percussion work and his guitar work and um, he was he, he lives mostly in the states now and uh, most of his life uh, during from the ni- from the early 1970s to now he 's uh, been living mostly in America. But he was in uh, the Philippines in the 1990s when uh, that whole scene was happening. And he formed his own band called Puro Ritmo, Pure Rhythm. And uh, they were, uh, you know, world music band, Afro-Cuban salsa, and um, maybe some samba. I'm not sure about samba, but for sure Afro-Cuban music, which I love very much. And uh, I got to see him once, only once. Uh, the puro ritmo had a had a regular gig at this uh, bar called Havana Cafe in Makati and um i got to see them once and it was it was awesome you know they were they were in the middle of a song in the middle of a set so they were on fire they were on fifth gear sixth gear already and they were just yeah it was just happening man they were just on fire and i was like wow we have a we have a band that that can sound like this you know and um, and a lot of a lot of his bandmates were his students from uh, maybe UST or UP. I'm not sure, but he because he he um, he became a, a, a university um, professor, and uh, he recruited some of his students to to play music with him in that band. So I was very fortunate to see them at least once, and uh, it wasn't a regular thing because that that club uh, that bar was was catered for an expat audience and um you know uh you know it's not my cr- not my crowd at all so uh but at least at least i got to see him once so anyway he's gonna be uh telling us some really cool stories you know he he, he was before he left for the states in the early 70s uh he was jamming with uh you know with all of them with pepe smith with wally gonzalez with mike hanapol edmund Fortuno all of them. And he was there. He was one of their buddies. And then he left, I think, in 71 or 70. And uh, he pretty much grew up in, you know, no, not grew up as a teenager, but but, you know, started his adult life in America in the 1970s. So that's a I can just I can even I can't even I can only imagine what life was like for a rock and roller uh, you know, twenty. You know, in his twenties, in the nineteen seventies, in America, must have been wild. So yeah, so he has, he's got a lot of stories, and we we talk about music a lot, and uh, a lot about drums, and uh, so there. I hope you enjoy this one. This is episode twenty nine on WDRS Talk. This is Mister Bo Razon Enjoy. All right, how you doing, sir?
1: Uh I'm okay. I'm okay. I just had a birthday uh about 10 days ago, so a new orbit for me this year. Oh, wow. Year. Yeah.
0: Wait, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. Hold on. Okay. Check right. mic test. Can you can you say something again?
1: Uh test 1 2. Mic test. 1 1 2. 1 mic test. 1 2. Okay.
0: One, two. Okay. One, two. Let's go. There, again, please. Yeah, test one, two. All right, there we go. One, two. There we go. Okay, now I can hear you. All right, take two. (laughs) (laughs) How's the weather there? Is it hot? It's
1: very hot and muggy today. Uh, You know, kind of strange weather.
0: It, yeah, it, where it
1: are filled, you? I'm in the Temecula Valley, which is exactly midway between San Diego and LA.
0: Yeah, so yeah, yeah.
1: Not not too far, you know. An hour to LA. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: I'm in Orange yeah. County, so it's oh, the same it's yeah. the same thing. <laughs> it's
1: the same Riverside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're neighbor. Na- we're neighbors.
0: Yeah, very close. <laughs> so, yeah, oh my god, in Riverside, yeah, it gets hotter there than where I am. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm more a little more closer to the coast so you're
1: closer to the coast right yeah but i, I, I went uh, last this past weekend I went to oceanside my cousin uh her it was her birthday she had a beach party a bonfire so it was really nice you know
0: oh and you had a birthday too right happy birthday
1: oh thank you yeah about 10 days ago
0: and yeah yeah I yeah
1: got a new orbit going on
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's they, just, on, they just just coming. Yeah, they just keep coming. Can't stop it, right? Yeah, I just I just turned fifty this year. Wow! So that's a milestone there.
1: Wow, you're a young man. <laughs> you're, you're, I mean, how oh, should I say you're still a young man? Still a yeah. young.
0: <laughs> um, speaking of Oceanside, my my parents used to live there, so I would go there almost every weekend. Uh, not 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 now anymore. not not anymore, but. I used to go there every weekend in uh, Oceanside, not in the, not in the coastal but part in, of it. Inland. Inland, yeah. yeah. yeah I think it was uh, in Douglas Avenue, that big avenue that you go into. And yeah, then, that, yeah. Uh,
1: Oceanside is like forty minutes, maybe thirty minutes without traffic. But the problem is, I take that. I think it's seventy-six. There's traffic lights from the fifteen oh. from the fifteen to the coast. It's not exactly a expressway. Oh, you know, there's
0: okay. yeah, light. yeah, 76. Yeah, that's all. 76, traffic light.
1: yeah, all traffic yeah. lights. Bummer, <laughs> man. Okay.
0: So, so, do you pass Fallbrook? You've passed yeah, Fallbrook. Yeah, right? I yeah, I passed
1: Fallbrook. There's a yeah. shortcut over the mountain, but you need the
0: ID. Oh, oh okay. You, you have to go through Pendle- Pendleton. A- oh, okay. Wow. So, so that route in Pendleton, what what does it look like? Is it just land? Uh,
1: it goes to it's it's quite uh, uh, it's quite wild because it 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 goes through a lot of, of uh, uh, you know jungle not jungle but uh, uh, un- un- uninhabited areas. So it, wow. it, because you know that the Pendleton they have a target range and everything. Oh yeah, so they they use yeah. that for training, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. To the listeners, Camp Pendleton is a, is is I think one of the hugest bases in the in the states. When,
1: and ma- marine, marine, marine,
0: the marines, base, yeah. yeah, marine bases. Yeah. And they pretty much before if there was, I guess if there was an emergency, if if there was a, a war happening, they would deploy from there. Right, that is their deployment <clears throat> spot
1: in the world war ii uh, yeah in, in yeah. fact when they have uh, practice sometimes when they're practicing we can hear we can hear the uh yeah, the art-
0: yeah. Art- artillery, You artillery yeah know, we, i would be i would be having uh, sunday lunch at my yeah. folks house in oceanside and then you just hear boom boom yeah, and boom. you could you <laughs> feel the ground shake Yeah, (laughs) You could actually feel the ground shake. I'm like, wow. Heavy artillery. Oh, that's, it's just heavy. I mean, and then, so, so the feeling I get, it's like, then you're, then my imagination starts to go. It's like, can you imagine this a thousand times more during an actual war, you know? Oh yeah. And, and and it's still going on in like in the Middle East or wherever, there's still people who are fighting each other. It's, it's like that. It's just explosions every day. (laughs) And, uh, well, so yeah uh, it, it, it makes it real you know when when you hear those 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 cannons going off, oh man yeah yeah
1: well we we used to live uh, well we from we, we just moved from the East coast of Virginia a year and a half ago mm-hmm. but before that we were in Las Vegas, pretty close to uh, <laughs> there's say an Air Force base there where all the F-35, F-22. And there's also a target range in north, you know, north of Las Vegas. No. Oh. Um, so once in a while, I'd be driving, they'd, they'd be practicing there. I mean, you're not allowed anywhere near there, but you can s- s- hear it and see. You can hear
0: it. Oh, yeah, you can definitely hear it. Oh, but what the cool thing about is in Camp <sighs> Pendleton is on the other side, on the coast side, they have training for the helicopters, uh, you yeah. know, uh, dropping off the, the things. And then you could see from the freeway, you could see buildings, you know, like replicas of, uh, <laughs> replicas of buildings that are in the middle East, I guess, you know, I'm just assuming it's all about the middle East, you know? So that, and that's where they train their, you know, their, their tactics going into buildings, I guess, you know, because, because, that's the kind of warfare that it is now over there. It's just from building to building, trying to flush everybody out. So it's 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 fun when you're in the freeway, and then there's training happening on the on the on the beach. You see these big helicopters, and then the the marines, you know, rappelling down the choppers, and it's a it's a it's a trip. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and you know where your tax dollars are going. <laughs>
1: Well, got to be strong. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people that want to, you know. Oh hurt. yeah. That's anyway, uh, <laughs> it's uh it's nice to be here. I what is this your uh, weekly thing you have? Or?
0: Uh yeah, I well, I already finished the first season. I I did 25 episodes and wow. I I uh, interviewed like uh, Chicoi. I interviewed oh, nice. uh some DJs like Bob Magoo and uh High on Top and uh chefs I, I, anyone and everyone that I think that I'm a fan of. Oh. I'm not just choosing people who, you know, to, you know, just to random. Because because yeah, not just random people who are who have names or whatever. It's like I have to have some interest in that. So yeah. I mean, of course, in anything else, in anything in life, you have to have that interest. So you stay in it and then you you, you have fun. Yeah, so this absolutely. is so yeah. you're part of the second season. I already have like I think you're the seventh that's going to be in the can. And I'm, I'm just uh, just shopping around for sponsors. And then I can I can release the second season, which is weekly, a weekly episode.
1: So you'll uh, I yeah, I mean you'll send a link once
0: it's out. Oh I can, yeah, you'll I know. Can see it, I'll know you'll okay. know. <laughs> I I I I do a media a social media blast for everything. So nice. you'll know when it's out. Yeah. Yeah,
1: because I you know, I, I want my I'll invite some
0: friends and family, Oh yeah, yeah. You know. And that's for your that's for your, you know, your uh, what you call that, your reference. So people you you have another link that you can put in, you know. Right.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: So anyway, let's get to it. I want to I always um, I always start the interviews uh telling the people how I experienced them. You know, my yeah. experience with them. So uh, to be honest, I only saw you once and it was in passing, but I remember being like whoa, you know, it and it was in uh, Club Havana, Club Havana. Um. in Cafe, Cafe Havana. Uh, yeah. Cafe Cafe Havana. In uh, in the new oh. Glorietta, I mean the new Greenbelt. It was Not new out. at the time, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, it was a great location, but yeah. somehow, I, I, somehow that 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 bar, you know, had a reputation of of uh, being a little uh, sleazy at times. But you were but- playing. Borazo, what, what band were you in at Borazo? Well, I, and... I,
1: my band before
0: uh
1: at Havana was Puro Ritmo. Yes, and Puro then Ritmo. and then all also after that uh for a while it was Fuego, I believe it was Fuego.
2: Mm.
1: But anyway, it's more of like uh almost the same personnel. It it uh it was comprised of uh mostly some of my students because I yeah. thought in UP, mm-hmm. uh, UP Music, UP College of Music, I taught for seven years. Oh, wow. I was a senior lecturer there. And I, as a matter of fact, I started a uh, little self-serving. <laughs> self-serving. Uh-huh. I started the Afro-Latin program there in UP. Oh, really? Yeah. The wow. whole, you know, learning uh, Afro-Cuban, Cuban, Afro-Brazilian, and Caribbean music. So that was my whole uh you know, shtick when I was in UP and the way that started was because I used to, uh, I, I did a few trips to Cuba in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, let me back up. I don't know if I'm supposed to start talking already. It just segue the thing. But no, yeah, anyway. no, no,
0: Let me just finish my, my thought. Yeah. And then, and then <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, 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 I'm this really is empty. okay. No, this is cool. This is how it's done. We just go back and forth. So <laughs> anyway, that was my experience of uh, seeing you. And I already heard, I had all the, the, this, this knowledge that you were you were teaching in UP and your your band was composed of your students. I heard that, yeah. Because when I saw you guys, it was all young dudes. You know, it was all young dudes. I'm like, wow! And you were you guys were on fire, man.
2: Right. I remember
0: I remember going in. It was really full, and then of course, there's you know the crowd is always dancing because you know it's it's uh, it's an expat thing. So. You expect right. dancing, you know, when when they're when they're foreigners around. So it was smoking, man. And then it was like, oh, nice, because before then, I gotta tell you that right now I am like the hugest fan of like Buena Vista Social Club. I am the hugest fan. I've seen them three times already here, and I I, I was I was lucky that I saw Ibrahim Ferrer before he died. Right. You know, I was I. I was lucky to see Omara, and she's still alive. But oh my oh, god, she's, she's, like,
1: she, she's got to be a hundred years old. She's, <laughs> yeah, she, you I know. Know, she's, she's still singing, huh?
0: Yeah, she's, she's, she's so probably strong. mid.
1: I think she's mid nineties already. Mid
0: nineties, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. Still singing, and she's
1: amazing. She's the
0: only. She's the only one left from the older batches, yeah, you know. Exactly, because the exactly. the guitarist uh, Compai
1: segundo he's passed away.
0: Also, he's passed away already. The bassist yeah. passed away already. Uh, the yeah, pianist yeah. passed away already. Ruben the, the, Gonzalez. Yeah, Ruben Gonzalez. The timbalero passed away already, I think, right? The guy with the glasses.
1: Uh, Amado. I, what, what was? I, I, ah. There's a few different editions. So I'm not sure which one. Yeah,
0: but anyway, about. it's it was funny because from the first time I saw Buena Vista, Ibrahim was still alive. And then the second time, I think he passed away already. And then the third time, it was already a whole new band the singer was young a young guy right. so they, they they so they yeah. they looked uh they looked like uh like a normal salsa band already with like the the original trumpet player was still there he's still alive actually until now he's strong too um and then who was omara play? omara sang yeah their whole percussion section was 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 new they were younger but not young, but they were younger than, than the original guys. So, anyway, so when that whole that time when I saw you, I that was the first time I also heard Buena Vista Social Club because I saw um I I, I was I was lent a VHS of that of that documentary. Right. And I felt and I fell in love with that music. I just fell in love with that music. I would listen, I would I know what it sounded like before because it's always there somehow. Oh Like yeah. and Samba. And it's always there in the Philippines in the background, you know, but this time I was like, Oh, this is not background music at all. This <laughs> is, this is some serious deep shit. So, oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then, so, so, yeah, that's my experience with you. And I think I probably saw you again maybe if you if you played a Fete de la Musique, did you guys play a Fete? I,
1: I played uh, yeah, we played quite a few of those fets uh okay. when I was living, you know, back in Manila. Yeah. Uh, I think at least three or four. Um not necessarily consecutive years, but I remember right. playing in, you
0: know. Then I probably I saw more, you again in one yeah, of those fets. Or, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I remember going inside uh, Cafe Havana, and you were on fire. You were just probably yeah, you were in the middle of the set, and everyone was just on fire. I'm like, wow, wow, wow! I've never seen, a, I've never seen a local band play like that, like music like that. You know? <laughs> so well, I, guess, I
1: uh, you know, you you mentioned Buena Vista. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the musical directors it was one Marco, one one uh, Marco Gonzalez, one De Marcos Gonzalez, and he, his instrument was besides leading the band was the tres, tres cubano, mm-hmm. which is happen to have one right here next to me, but it's one of the instruments I play. So tres is a typical folkloric guitar of Cuba. It's tuned. You want to play? It? You want to play it? Well, yeah, I have it right here. It, it, <laughs> it's a uh, it's strung up differently, and it's tuned differently. So uh, you can make any guitar into a tres, but uh,
2: oh. th- this
1: is a Yamaha student size because it's a smaller. The traditional tres is about this size. Okay. So it plays uh, what you call montunos, right? Which mm-hmm. if the chord changes, it doesn't strum. It doesn't. It's out of tune, but it doesn't strum. It plays...
0: Oh, that's the sound of that.
1: You know, you know, it's stuff does stuff like that. Yeah, so that's, so that's the instrument that he plays. Oh, okay. and I am proud to say that in my CD, uh, my EP that I released two years ago, yeah, the bass player is one of the best um, uh, Cuban bass players. He played with a lot of great bands in Cuba, uh, but he left Cuba some years ago. So he settled mm-hmm. in the Bay Area. You know, he lives in the East Bay, um, San Francisco Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he played, he was the guy who played bass on my CD, Saronai Sessions. Yeah. And and he, he goes on the road with this guy, Juan de Marcos Gonzalez, who now has a group after Buena Vista Social Club uh, called the Afro-Cuban All-Stars. Oh, yeah.
0: So, I love them, too. So, so, oh, yeah. he's, the,
1: so he's the bass he's player, the-, the, the big guy. Okay, from Santiago de Cuba on the eastern side.
0: Oh wow! But so you're talking about you're talking the, Ernesto
1: um, Masar Kindelan. That's his name.
0: That's his this name. But and yeah. then the other guy you're talking about is the guy who wears the beret, right? Yes, that with yeah. the with the with, with the with major the, major dreads. Yeah, with the, but, with, the uh, with the locks. Yeah, kind of a
1: long lock. No, not really not Rasta dreads, but he's you know. Yeah. Uh, and that's the guy I'm talking about, and he oh, plays okay. he plays this tres cubano.
0: Oh, okay. You know? mm-hmm. oh my god that's it yeah that's the sound man
1: (laughs) exactly so that's how cuban start cuban music cuban dance music started in the late 19th century because in the it started in rural cuba and moved westward to havana Mm. and and then it got more developed but back in the in the provinces just like the philippines no cuba in fact cuba and the philippines are so parallel you know you you know the way we are the way the the way the laid even, back and they're, even even
0: the even the rebels are the same
1: with music yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh but anyway they they didn't have pianos you know in the barrios in the mountains so this oh. is what the, this is this is what did the you know like the changes and then later on when it moved into the urban areas as it moved towards havana they, they, added, to these, they added they
0: added piano they, they
1: had piano they added uh, you know little things added and then the orchestra got bigger and bigger. Wow. But it started as a folkloric genre that this whole salsa music, you know, which which uh, emanated from Cuban dance music. I mean, a, a lot of the Latin countries, there's salsa, no? I mean, salsa is a all-encompassing Latin music. Yeah, now. yeah. Uh, yeah. But the base of it is Cuban music.
0: That's why I went
1: there to study it in the
0: 90s. Why, gosh, it's so deep, no? It's like... <laughs> it's very deep. Y- it's very deep, yeah. And and, it's, and it's, the thing is, yeah. I I, I uh, in on Netflix. There's this um, there's a documentary called uh, Cuba Libre, and it's it's a documentary about the history of Cuba. And I mean, they went through a lot, and <laughs> until now, they're still going through a lot. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, with with COVID, and um, but it's 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 um. I always have this uh this this thought that. When they became, well, that's the thing. It's when when the revolution happened and Fidel became president, he wasn't a communist to begin with. He became communist because the Americans, you know, they shunned him. So they were like, oh, shit, I got to make friends with Russia now. So, I mean, that's what I got from the documentary. So it's, it's, so they turned communist and he, 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 he killed some of his, you know, co revolutionaries, you know, he became a dictator and all of that. But, he kept, one thing that I I will not fault Fidel Castro for is he did not ban the actual music. He banned the nightclubs and all of that. But the, but playing the music, go ahead and play the music, but no more nightclubs and all of that. So, I mean, can you imagine if he was an asshole? I mean, a real asshole that didn't like music, didn't like art, didn't appreciate art, and he would just ban everything. And this music would, have, would be,
2: I don't
1: know. If, if you're a Cuban
0: and you have no music,
1: you might as well be dead. Yeah. Because this is, uh, again, the parallel with the Philippines. Imagine Filipinos without music. It's the mm-hmm. same. Imagine Cubanos without music. Uh, it's a very uh, intrinsic part. It's like an inborn thing in Cuba. You know, the rhythm that, you know, the Cuban music is the marriage of Africa and Spain. So yes. Two really like dynamic, uh, Culture—it's like a cultural, you know, bam, and yeah, bam. All of yeah. The, you know, the result. I mean, unfortunately and tragically, uh, it was the you know the slavery. The Africans were brought as slaves, not during the Middle yeah. Passage. It was really unfortunate how that happened. But on the other side of that, uh, what happened was they meshed with the Hispanic culture with their their masters. Uh, and, and this Cuban, and it, it, it's, it's a Creole culture. It's a Creole, Cuba, yeah. Cuba, in fact, I think it was Fidel who said, uh, uh, Ni negra ni blanca, Cuba es mulata, which means neither white, not black, no. not white. Cuba is mulatto. M- mulatto you know, mix. It's, it's, it's Creole, yeah. Yeah, Creole. And that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what happened with the music, and, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's
1: why it's so so dynamic. It's so, and, and the stuff is deep. You're right. The roots of it
0: are very deep. Yeah, and it's the same as uh, like the like the blues. I mean, if there was no slavery in America, there, there would be go. no blues, there would be no rock and roll, there would be no heavy metal, and everything that came from the blues, nothing. <laughs> there wouldn't be so oh my well, gosh. Well, so, maybe maybe it would be something else,
1: but not something else, not but that, not right? yeah,
0: yeah, but not what we have, which <laughs> yeah. is really good, you know. So yeah. it's, it's it's scary, it's scary to think it's like, oh man. What if i mean would you t- it's like here here's the question was like would you trade all of that would you trade um the the non invention of all this music for no slavery you know it's yeah. <laughs> well, of course I, yeah. you know, of course hindsight is 2020 you can see clearly with all the history but my gosh right it's
1: well, it's regardless, a, regardless, uh, slavery is a terrible thing. And, no, oh, yeah, uh, of course. I, I think uh, there, we, we don't know, you know, but there probably could have been other ways. Uh, eventually, if uh, people are free to be themselves <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, uh, practice their culture
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then, then that intercultural interchange and exchange through trade and travel and yes. et cetera, et cetera, between Flippers, you, you wouldn't need slavery anyway. Yeah. Because it's something like that would have happened, it might have taken longer, I don't know. I mean, it's something yeah. that we can't
0: really... Uh, it's hard. Know, it's just con- our conjecture, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's our conjecture. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, since, since we know what you evolved into, I wanted to also know what you started as because, <laughs> because I guess I'm I'm, 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 I'm guessing, are you, are you, are you the era of, of uh, Silla Pepe or are you younger? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not younger. Oh, not. Okay. So, okay. We'll keep it. there. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to quote Mike Hannibal, my buddy. You're right. uh Rabbi, Mike Hannibal.
0: <laughs> Rabbi Mike,
1: yes. Yeah. Um, if you're listening, brother, shalom. Anyway, he, Mike Hannibal said, Yanzi Borazon, nobody knows this, but he was the first guitarist of Juan de la Cruz. Let me tell you the story.
0: Wow. Wally,
1: I, In the late 60s, um, I just started my 70th Orbit, Wolf. Uh, wow! So, so congratulations, then, uh, 10 man. Days, Ten days ago.
0: Yeah. So
1: in the in the late sixties, I was uh, uh, eighteen years old, and uh, after high school, I started hanging around Angeles in Olongapo. Mm. Uh, but first, I went to the States to finish my high school a year and a half, and then 1969, uh, winter of '69, I came back to the Philippines. No, or or maybe January 1970. And then I, I, had, I was hanging around Sila Pepe and Mike. We used to go on base to Clark Air Base, and you know, do this yeah. and that and the other. And you know, I had a girlfriend on base there, and daughter of an Air Force captain. Nice. And <laughs> and, and, and Jimmy Joseph, who lives right in our area too. I don't know if you remember, you know him, but Jimmy, Jimmy Joseph.
0: No, I don't also,
1: know. Jimmy Joseph is the younger brother of Johnny Midnight. You remember Johnny
0: Oh, Midnan? I know Johnny Midnight. Yeah,
1: Syrian Sir- Filipino. Syrian, oh, filipinos they're oh. Syrian, Sir- no, Spanish, Filipino, of course. Okay, in but they're the Joseph family. You must know jo- Ralph Joseph, and uh, some of them died already, Mikey Joseph. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Joseph was also hanging around at the same time, he was a vocalist, and uh. We we Pepe and we used to jam Bing Labrador was also there. Uh Mike Hannibal. So anyway, they wanted to get something together. Uh because the jams were really, really something, man. I mean, this yeah. was like an era of uh by the way, I had just come back from the States because I went to junior uh my junior year and half of my senior year in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So from I left when I was fifteen. I came back when I was uh, 17, turning 18. But mm. while I was in Baltimore, I saw all my heroes. I saw Jimi Hendrix live. I saw Cream. Oh, I saw uh, Al Cooper with Mike Bloomfield and uh, oh. uh, live at the at the Baltimore Civic Center. Uh, and, you know, I, I saw a, a Jeff Beck group. He just hired a new singer. A young guy, nobody knew who he was, whose name was Rod Stewart. Oh my and God! That was he played. That was the Truth. That Truth album. The Truth era, album, yeah. Era, yeah. So I saw all these people live. Uh, uh, who else did I know? not? The small faces. But then, uh, right before I left the states that time, I saw this concert. My my buddies were saying, "Hey, man, you gotta come." We got to come see the Who. I was a big fan of the Who. You oh, know the Who. Yeah. They're they're playing. It's two town. You know, twenty miles away, Columbia, Maryland, Meriwether Pavilion. I'll never forget this. But they have an opening act. I said, yeah. I never heard of this opening act. Who is the opening act? Led Zeppelin.
0: Oh my God. Okay, Are you now kidding Wolf.
1: Wolf. I'm not shitting you, man. Shit. Buddy. Now I'm I'm sitting there. The ticket was like four dollars and seventy five cents. God you know? damn. Was it what,
0: 1968 or something? 1969,
1: May. 1969.
0: May 1969. This is before the Led Zeppelin album came out, I guess.
1: This is right when the first album came out. Oh, my God. So... So we're going. It, oh, this is Jimmy because everybody we knew Jimmy Page, you know, you know, Clapton, you know, Yardbirds, you know, that whole history. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Beck and Clapton and the right. Yardbirds and the Blues Breakers. Da, 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 they all kept, you know, changing and intermingling. But, oh, oh, so, oh, this is, oh, oh, we knew this was Jimmy Page's new band. Okay, so wow. Who else is in there? Oh, I don't know. Some robert plant uh, i don't know you know so john bonham who are these guys right the only one i knew was jimmy page wow so they're the opening up wolf imagine so they come on stage for the very first time page starts (laughs) (laughs) the whole set we were like Holy... F- okay, can I say that? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Holy fuck. What's... Good? We were just... What in the holy name?
0: So what we happened? When, like, so what, what was your reaction when Bonham came in? Like the first time he comes we, in? We
1: were just floored, man. Our jaws were freaking... Wow. Whoa. This is the opening act. Led Zeppelin at the point of the release of their first album you know oh, all those all yeah. those, they played they played all those tunes by the the whole
0: first album yeah the
1: whole first album pretty much all of it they played cuz that's God. that was their set, cuz they, did, they didn't have anything else oh yeah so so they do their set and then of course there's an intermission <laughs> and then Townsend and company come on stage it was the time of Tommy Pinball Wizard you right? Know. Uh-huh. so they they did their set oh yeah so they, did they play they the were, whole Tommy they, they they played a lot of it. I you know my memory banks are a little yeah. But I, I they played uh, Pinball Wizard. They played a, a bunch of the tunes from Tommy, and then a couple of their you know yeah. uh, classics yeah. from before. But and they sounded great. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. But <laughs> Led Zeppelin had just. <laughs> they followed. They had to follow Led Zeppelin, who was their front opening act.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my so, god! check
1: this out. This, now, here, here's the punchline, dude. About a, a, a few days later, we, we're we're looking at the music news. We're still high over that concert. I mean, naturally oh my god. blown away. And yeah. then we see this announcement. We see this uh, little uh, news article. Pete, Peter Townsend of the Who has just announced that for the remainder of their U.S. US tour, there will be no more opening. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> <you>
0: know, <laughs> Gee, I wonder you. why. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> uh, dude, I'll never forget that, you know. Shit, that that was just, I mean, I was so fortunate. I mean, thank you. Oh, man. my God. You are, again. I
0: mean. Wow. I, I
1: was I was I was in high school. I mean, that
0: is you know that era, that is a turning point right there. You were witnessing history. I was there, like,
1: I, I witnessed history.
0: Oh, dude, because I, because I, after because after that Led, Led Zeppelin won, that's it. The, the rock music changed because yep. of John Bonham. It's like yep. you have to play like John Bonham to be a heavy band. You know, but
1: I yeah, I remember he did at least at least a 15-minute solo.
0: Oh, God I damn.
1: Like, <laughs> it, but it was probably more like 20, 20 minutes. Shit.
0: And, and this is a young we John were, Bonham. We were
1: like, uh, this was John Bonham in 1969. Shit. Okay, man? So, like, we were like...
0: Oh, God. I can't, God. I can't even. I can't even. Wow. Um, and then... <laughs> and then... A few months more. later, I okay. went
1: back to Manila... <laughs> but not before I went to New York to visit my aunt. I had an aunt in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and while I was staying with her,
0: Shit, what I, was Brooklyn like at that time? Um, I mean, it now an, it it's was, all gentrified. Now I don't know. Yeah, how, Brooklyn
1: you know. was a little
0: sketchy, gritty. Oh, gritty. gritty. Okay, yeah.
1: but. My aunt lived in the Jewish section, Williamsburg, you know, what uh-huh. is now Williamsburg, on Henry Street. Oh, so okay. It's not, now it's, you know, I mean, oh, it's she, she's passed away already, but she should have hung on to the apartment. It would be worth millions. Oh, of my you know?
0: God, yeah. <laughs> but now, hell yeah. The, the
1: point is, I so I stayed with her, but I'd go to the Fillmore East, mm. you know. So, uh, you know, I'd cross, you know, I'd take the subway wow. to, Manhat- to Manhattan. And and uh, I, I saw... Um, Uh, that's where I saw Electric Flag again. Wow. uh, With Buddy Miles playing drums. Right. So Buddy Miles was playing drums.
0: In Bloomfield, right? Bloomfield's uh, in...
1: Bloomfield, I remember, because there were hardly, I mean, it was just, it was like, you know, back then they would play till midnight. They would just play for hours, you know. Wow. Their their set was two, three hours, three and a half hours. (laughs) I, I remember Bloomfield was laying on his back on stage, just playing the most incredible, you know.
0: Oh, my groups. God.
1: And uh, <sighs> so uh, I, I saw a couple more groups in Fillmore East, but I can't remember them. I My mind, my brain is. I mean, when ready. I see
0: when I see pictures of, you know, the old Fillmore East pictures and then, the, you know, they have the marquee. Yeah. With the date. Yeah. And all these bands are like, oh my God. Of course, during that time, those bands were, were still new and young, Yeah. but they went on to become classics. It's like, oh my God. I can't just imagine yeah. how, uh, how, how happening, or n- not even happening, but how, it's, gosh, it must have been just amazing. I, I, I don't have any other word, but amazing, you know, all well, all, kind, all kinds of music and all top notch. You know, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: after I saw Hendrix and Cream and Jeff Beck and, and Led Zepp open for The Who, I mean, that was it. I, I was in heaven. I could have just died and Gone yeah. straight to rock Nirvana from there,
2: Gosh.
1: but that was my seminal. I mean, I'd been playing guitar already a few, a couple of years. No, mm-hmm. yeah. I started noodling around about fourteen. I started with the bass actually, yeah. And then, uh then when I first, like, when the first time I heard blues, I, I fell in love with just
0: blues. What music. was this? High school, grade school? Yeah, early, early high school, early. Oh, and, high school. and where? How did you hear the blues Um, in high school in Manila? (laughs) Were you in Manila?
1: I was in Manila because my uncle lived in California and Vegas. He would come visit us from the States Mm. and bring records. Ah. Uh, And he was a big R&B. You know, he could sing and play. In fact, he gave me my first guitar when I was like 11. Uh, But he would bring records so you know i i heard bb king i was 13 years old in manila wow. he, he, would, he would bring these records uh um uh oh man I'm, I'm just trying to anyway there was some uh oh i i, I heard the blues breakers uh the very first album mm. the one where uh he's sitting on the sidewalk reading a comic yeah yeah that one
0: Yeah, Clapton's like really young. (laughs) Clapton's
1: super, he looks like he's like 18 years old. Yeah. Uh, But John Mayall uh, was an early favorite of mine, so uh, uh, B.B. King, and then later, then when I I moved to the States or when I went to the States for for high school, middle of a high school, that was 1968 or the the later part of 67, early 68. Uh, Then, because my grandma lived in Baltimore, Mm. dude, total blue city. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I was too young. I was too, I couldn't go into the oh, you couldn't, Yeah. You couldn't go I was off. too young. But yeah. I had, I had, I made friends who were older, you know, like the seniors in the school and stuff. And they go, Hey dude, you gotta you come with us. And there's some jams. You, you play a little bit. Yeah, I, I said, yeah, I play a little bit. And yeah. so, so when they heard me play, I was in, cause you know, yeah, they didn't they didn't even know where the Philippines was, man. They yeah. thought I was Puerto Rican or some yeah. shit like that. Yeah. You know, I mean this total, you know, a lot Not of red a right. lot of rednecks there too, but you know, yeah. Uh it was fine. As soon as they heard me play, hey dude, those freaking barriers just melted.
0: Oh, you know? yeah, for sure. You, yeah. You're
1: you're in, Razon. You're in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, you nice. sound like uh you know the, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, I, don't, I I don't wanna, you know, but anyway, um Uh, and that's the guys who turned me on to everything else you know
0: what i mean
1: and and they were the ones who said oh you got to come with us we're going to go see the cream and you got to come with us we're going to see hendrix oh wow i'm so i'm so happy to hook up oh wow you you know know what you know what wolf to this day Uh that was 1968 right 1969 to this day we're friends on we reconnected after like yeah, for century 50 years? Fa- yeah. yeah, on Facebook, right? Wow. And and now, you know, the 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 one guy Chuck Hughes, he has a, a uh, he got into rockabilly and he's got a little bit of a name. Uh, uh his group is a Hillbilly Hellcats. Oh, you, I you
0: know? know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's my bu- that's my high school oh, buddy.
0: Wow.
1: Ch- Chuck Hughes. That's he, the guy. He,
0: I mean, they still play. I mean, I still see like uh, Posters, you yeah. know, because there's every now and then here in Southern California, especially there's yeah, that's there's fun. always the rockabilly <laughs> shows here. Yeah, yeah exactly. wow. So, so
1: it's it's been it was a wild time. So then I went back to Manila after all of that mm-hmm. and hooked up with uh, Mike Hanapol, and Pepe and all those other guys, and they were getting a group together. But Wally was still very busy. I I don't know. He had some other stuff going on. He couldn't, you know. Quite
0: couldn't commit. So, yes. so
1: for about two or three months, I was the guitar player for Juan de la Cruz. And wow. the, the seminal days—you can ask Mike hannapol
0: <laughs> Oh my God! So this is see, this is before the first incarnation of Juan de la Cruz.
1: Yeah, this was the seminal seminal—the
0: really the first one. The the
1: yeah, it, it wasn't even really
0: oh okay right 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 so but it
1: was and then, then then wally became available and then i mm-hmm. uh something happened oh i formed my own band oh uh, with with jimmy joseph okay uh on harp uh, harmonica and vocals uh and Bing labrador who being bing played with everybody right uh and then for a while Bosio, edmond fortuno we were playing mm. a lot together also uh, he was our drummer, but my band was called Tomas Tino Blues Band for short. Oh,
0: that's your band, the Tino band. That's band.
1: <laughs> and we played Antipolo,
0: nineteen seventy. Oh wow! Oh my god! I remember seeing that name. I don't. I, for, I forget when I first saw that name. That's that's
1: us. Back that's in the me, 90s. And, me and Jimmy. And oh, now I remember our drummer was uh, Anthony Borromeo. We called him Burro. He was a really mm. good drummer. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know what happened to him. Uh, but anyway, we, we played some wild gigs. We were <laughs> kicked out, man. <laughs> we of played, Well, girls' schools. We would, oh. play, we would play the fair, you know. Yeah. And we were the bad boys because we didn't want to do any Dave Clark 5 or Beatles. Yeah. But we were doing Stones and Early Who.
0: Oh and, my God. And, and
1: them, them, you know, Ben, them, Marson, Ben Morrison, them, yeah. Gloria, G-L-O-R-I-A, that kind of stuff. We didn't want to do any pretty love songs, right? Yeah, so, and, yeah. Jimmy Joseph, <laughs> his shtick was he would bang the tambourine while singing a la Jagger. You know, he, he was a he did a little and the, the the sisters at st Teresa's, <laughs> man, yeah. like by the third song they say they're
0: said, not having it <laughs> stop shaking your hips oh my god young man god. <laughs> stop oh, shaking yeah. your pelvis young man oh yeah. my god
1: but right before Titino, you i got to tell you this other group mm. i was in uh, we call ourselves the snubs with a u the snubs yeah, chiki legarda was playing drums Chiquele Garda and Joey Freeboth was on the vocals. Uh, and Chami Tejada. These were all some La Salle and San Beda boys, you know,
2: mm, yeah. uh, buddy,
1: buddies of mine. But that, the bad boy image started then, and then it moved on to Titinho, Titinho bad. Tomas Tinio. Tomas Tinio. The full. But you know what, dude? After I went back, and then after Antipolo. Right before martial law, I I, yeah. I went back to San Francisco, and then that's how I stayed a long time. But when I but later on in the seventies, I heard somebody co-opted the name. Somebody, what, somebody claimed it as theirs,
0: right? And I don't. Oh, know, I mean, you know, maybe that's the that's, one that I'm referring to that 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 uh, second whatever claiming. Well, like.
1: yeah, but that had nothing to do with us because we were the OG.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were no, what I'm no, what I'm saying is, if the if you're saying that someone else is claiming to be the New Band, well, it's the best. It's the best band name
1: a, ever. A, well, it, it was a it was a whoever did that. It, it's,
0: yeah,
1: it, it's not. It's I mean, not there, them. There's, yeah. There's no law against that, but we were the first. Right, we were right. the OG. We were the original.
0: Yeah, and you and, came and up with we the did, name. We
1: didn't pass it on to you know when we. We didn't tell it on to anybody else. Yeah, when you they broke just,
0: up, you broke up. That's it. We broke up. We
1: broke up. People left. You know, Jimmy and yeah. I went to San Francisco
0: basically, and then you know. So what was it like? Uh, tell me about that Antipolo um, show because it's a very. I mean, it's already all those all those uh, events from that era. They're so all that, myth, they're all myth- mythological already at this point. So it would well, be I, I, I think we're nice were already, to uh, pass the
1: statute of uh, limitations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to uh, incriminate myself. <laughs> so,
0: no, no, but but no, I, mean, I mean, I mean, what really... w- I mean, what was it like? Was it uh, 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 was it the three day thing? Was it an overnight? It was a weekend uh, was it...
1: thing. Oh, um, a weekend
0: thing. So like Woodstock, Telaga.
1: Woodstock, talaga. I mean. I have never seen, it it was just a a quite, I'll tell you, the first word that comes to my mind, Wolf, is surreal, surrealistic. Mm. It was, I was walking around and and not because of, you know, the herb or the weed or this and that and the other, Mm. but just the whole vibe. Mm. There were about 10 or 11,000 back in that day, back in that day, we we called them freaks freaks, freaks no? right <laughs> not hippies not uh whatever but just freaks mm-hmm. these were the counterculture, yeah uh philippine version no but it was so great uh because it was exactly like woodstock uh except a little smaller scale of course yeah but it was like a tropical island version of woodstock and it was magical it was surreal. It was magical. Uh, it was it was just like unforgettable, n- a night to remember. And I, I don't know. I think there were others that you know were like that, that sort of patterned themselves
2: oh, right. after yeah. that, like
1: uh-huh. in the in the subsequent years. Mm-hmm. But that that one, the 1970 very first one in Antipolo, was sheer. Magic. It was wow. mystical. It was magical. It was like a magical mystery tour. <laughs> <laughs> it was 10,000
0: uh, 10, people, ten thousand free
1: 10,000 on this hill. I don't even remember where it was in Antipolo, but yeah, it, it was magical because the, the the puesto, no, the the, the spot. Mm-hmm. You could you could look and see the whole down below into the lights of Manila. No, it was it's, it had a view.
0: Oh and wow! so they set, okay. they set up
1: the stage right in the middle, and all these people were were around there. And I remember I, I remember playing at least getting on stage at least twice. Because mm. first it was our, our respective bands, no? Uh Zero History. Oh no, not Zero History, uh Juan de la Cruz. I'm not even sure if it they were Juan de la Cruz or Zero History back then. I know Pepe. Must have played four or five times that night. I I think I played at least twice or maybe three times, and then I jammed with some more. Because back in the day, we were just all jamming with each other, no?
0: Yeah. uh We had
1: our own, we had our own bands, no? Yeah. Inyo, Juan de la Cruz. Yeah. um, uh, You know, this and that and the other. Vic Naldo, I remember from Olongapo. He was also uh, in one of the bands. But then after our own band sets... We'd like uh, combine with another band and have a special, you know, guest, you know, kind of band jam, and, yeah. and then and then we jam with somebody else. So it was it was a it was a really fun night. And in fact, I remember we played "Sympathy for the Devil" because that's one our one of our signature songs, you know, Stone's no. bad bad boy song.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then we got our girlfriends to you know that. Ooh,
0: ooh, oh really? Please <laughs> yeah, yeah. allow me to. Yeah,
1: we got, we got our girlfriends. I don't, I'm not going to mention their names.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: uh, they were from As and Sang Lee. And Clark.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, it must have been exciting for them, you know. I mean, you know, well, yeah, they, yeah. They got yeah. to go on stage and sing backup for a rock band, you know. You know. But so then, wait a minute. So that came out so- 1970. Yeah, and the movie hadn't come. The movie hadn't come out yet, right? Was this all? Well,
1: no, it was after the u uh, the.
0: After the movie came out.
1: I don't know about the movie, but it was after.
0: Of co- yeah, the festival, yeah.
1: The festival. How in, did
0: it, okay? So how did when uh, was the
1: when was the festival? Late sixty nine, right? Uh, in, summer of sixty nine. In New York, right? In New York, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, Antipolo was winter or December nineteen seventy.
0: Nineteen seventy. I
1: remember that because. There were, it was nice it was a
0: oh gym, yeah it was cold in, in antipolo yeah there, there
1: were bonfires man wow. and people walking around with blankets you know
0: oh, of course oh nice uh
1: and then i remember uh some uh, G, uh agents trying to infiltrate <laughs>
0: Agent provocateurs.
1: <laughs> they were trying to infiltrate, but they got they got shouted down. Man, you know. Like, oh yeah, the hell out of
0: here, you know. <laughs> but uh, so, how yeah. did you? How did the Philippines? How did you guys know about Woodstock? I want, yeah, because I have no idea. I mean, was it in the papers in the Philippines, well, or did you see I, it
1: when Woodstock happened? I was still in the U.S. Right, I, I was right before I left back for Manila. So that, uh, I I saw Led Zepp open for The Who in May of the 69. Uh And then Woodstock happened, was it August? August, yeah. uh, Yeah, July or August. August. A a couple of months later, no? Yeah. A few months later. So I I left, I think, I believe I came back to Manila in October or November of of 69. Mm. Um, I think, no, no, wait a minute, no. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was anyway. It was win, It's right before winter. I came back to Manila, so Woodstock, the festival, had already happened. Right. Um, so well, I, so I knew about it. I mean, you know, it was all over the news, and but but the movie. I'm not sure when it came out.
0: The because the movie came out in '71, I think. The okay, year so was born.
1: Antipolo, Antipolo was uh, before the movie.
0: Before the movie, yeah. Yeah, but so-, so... So that's very interesting to me. That's why I ask you how, how the Filipinos knew about Woodstock because they had their own before even the movie came out because they didn't know what happened in Woodstock. I mean, well, I mean the, the there was news. no... I mean, news, yeah, but... And then just news clippings and the newspaper and then... And then shots yeah. in the in on on the news reporting, but not the whole movie, which is a three hour epic, you know. But here's
1: here's what's going on. Here's what was going. On. You know this. Right. Is, you know what, Wolf? Thank you, man. Mm. This, this is great because I haven't even thought about this stuff in, in decades. And this is what happened. Man. Yeah. Uh, early '60s, mid '60s, Vietnam, right? Mm-hmm. Really getting heavy late 60s early 70s well guess what Clark air base and Subic were still were there right yeah they're there yeah. so you got all these gis to, and these air force flyboys and all these you know marines and sailors and navy up in Olongapo in Subic uh you got these air force guys flying in and out of the the, the states to their their stop-off point uh was uh clark and subic yeah so before they went to vietnam right i mean
0: yeah I mean, they, right. they
1: had to, and then and then a lot of them r and r from vietnam they would r and r in clark and subic in clark, yeah for, oh my for God. obvious reasons yeah well, we made a lot of friends pepe because he's tisoy, you know like me misty hello yeah we would we would uh we would hang out with these, with these dudes, you know, as as early as, you know, like 63, 64. But but we always got, because we got Beatles records, even in the early sixties, we, we didn't get the capital USA. We got the EMI Parlophone 45s in Manila. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we got, you know, we got it straight from Europe because we're right in the middle and we got it from the other side. No. Right. So it, it was already filtering in and, um, and then it came to a head when when flower power and the whole counterculture thing started going off, right? Yeah. In the U.S. and in Europe, well, it, it didn't. There was no, not no lapse. I mean, Manila picked it up. It, really, because, because of the exchange, wow. constant exchange, and it from, just spread. From, it just spread. From the, the, from the GI, from the dudes in, in in Clark and Subic, yeah, going back and forth uh you know bringing records and the you know the the, the posters and, and and plus you know it was kind of in the news there were magazines yeah uh and then you know and then and then some of the locals some of the Filipinos were going also in and out no in, in, in during that time uh. and so we got all the music we were we were constantly updated so it 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 was a matter of time uh, before Antipolo Woodstock, we call it Woodstick because <laughs> it's <laughs> like a like a small Woodstock, no? Woodstick. Wood <laughs> stick. <laughs> so, you know naman the Pinoy's? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The puns, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Woodstick. So anyway, uh, <laughs> it was just a matter of time because uh, well, I mean, it's sort of natural. I mean, Woodstock happened in summer of 69, take about a year, year and a half, and then, you know,
0: in the, in the Philippines, you know, yeah.
1: Manila could, you know, yeah but 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 the we were constantly updated i mean deep purple you name it you know what mm, i mean all yeah. of the all of the groups the psychedelic thing we we were manila marnila was right on top of it oh the other thing was uh cats from as and sangley and brent and and clark you know They'd be bringing records. As, oh yeah, you know, they'd, they'd be in and out of the country. So
0: wow. So it was. So that's uh, this. That's the connection. That's the foreign connection. All exactly. everyone who was an expat.
1: Yeah.
0: Who who, who studied yeah. in IS and uh, you know stuff like that. I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, if you look, just look at the map. It's like a, a gateway, right? No, oh, yeah, 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 like yeah, in yeah, the Middle in the uh, Pacific and then Asia and it's like.
0: That's that's why in, in 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 the course of my interviews, and um, and the one reason why I'm doing is doing this is that so that that era of yours, <clears throat> or, and whatever era I, the people I'm interviewing in, they, they, it needs to be, not it needs to be remembered. It needs to be acknowledged that it happened, you know, because it did happen, and that's a significant thing.
2: Yeah,
0: you, I, my mind is being blown away because the. F- the Philippines, they made their own Woodstock a year after the actual Woodstock, before the movie Woodstock. So they didn't know what really happened because the, the movie wasn't out yet. So they made their own. It's like it's such a Filipino thing to get something, an influence from here and there and then make our own. And then, I mean, it was successful. 10,000 people. I mean, you can't, Oh, it was a huge you can't, season. you cannot get a local gig now. For with 10,000 people with local bands, no, maybe you know, journey, yes, but local bands is not, no. <laughs> so, well, let,
1: let me tell you something else. Um, as far as I know, now I could be wrong, hmm. but as, uh, as far as I could see, and as far as I know, uh, there were no, you know, there was no like out violent, uh, outbursts of violence or, or ext- cases of violence, you know, yeah. for 10,000 people, <laughs> be noise. <laughs> nice. and, and remember we're just, we're coming out of the, cause I, I grew up. I mean, I, I'm not proud of this man, but I remember when I was, when I first started playing music, I was mm. thir- 13. So, you know, uh, coming out of sev- grade seven, seventh grade into mm. early high school uh, we were in a combo combo or you know, the yeah, you know, uh, cover bands. But no nobody ever made any money. I mean the gigs were for prestige. So it was like to impress the girls, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some so well. Until now. Yeah, well, yeah, true. <laughs> th- true. Some things are, are timelessly universal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but uh uh the thing back then. From the early to the mid and mid mid sixties was was bands would come to parties and set up and just play
0: and just play and
1: then another band <laughs> a rival more than likely more often than not a rival band would come and and set up on the other end of the the patio or the courtyard or the you know and the, play there the too and <laughs> play there too so what they call sagutan right so when oh and then and then since they were uh Competing <laughs> for, in in a sense, <laughs> right? in some cases, things got really heated, man.
0: Oh my God! I'll
1: tell you a story. Mm. Uh, I was in this. So band, wait, wait, before
0: before that, uh, when you, Sagutan, when you mean when you mean Sagutan, you play one song, then they play one song, or yeah. you play your so set, they play their set.
1: Some, well, ostensibly, suppose you play a set, they play a set, but back in those days, <laughs> I don't even remember. Sets. you play one or two songs, and then if you're not quick enough to start, the 30, they're gonna start, uh, yeah. So, oh. and, then, and then it got to where one song, and then they start the next one right after you ended that song, Because yeah. it was all covers, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody really played any original stuff back in that in the day, mm. not not yet. That, that, not yet, that would come later, right? Uh, so anyway, at this one party, I remember uh, it was in. New Manila, I remember, around, n Domingo somewhere there. Anyway, you, you know, you know, the schools were rivals. La Salle, Ateneo, mm. Zambeda, you know, Letran, yeah. <laughs> Adamson. And things got pretty hairy because
0: people... And, band, and, there, people, were bands, and there were bands the, from all the those bands schools.
1: affiliate, whatever school you were you're affiliated, oh, you know. Oh, wow, like so you know, exciting. Or, 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 the, or the San Juan, you know. The Sun one gang, you know, the and gang. you joined the band. Like, I joined the band, but automatically, de facto, I was also, uh, de facto, by virtue of being in the band, I mm-hmm. was also in the gang that protected the band.
0: <laughs> oh my god, <laughs>
1: de, de facto! Wow. So, I mean, no choice, right? <laughs> oh my so, god, so, so this one night. Yeah. We were uh, in Tagalog, nakaka na, right? So, yeah. uh-huh. so things were, were getting pretty heated. One song ends and they they play, and then as soon as they end, we start playing, and, and it got so heated. This I won't mention the name, but this was a band from Ateneo, mm. and we were a San Juan. St. John's Academy, uh, like some Lassa Lights. Yeah. But we were San Juan boys, right?
0: Yeah, San Juan boys.
1: So the next thing you knew, <laughs> Rambol.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, my
1: God. The girls start screaming. They get out of the way. So um, so how I'm did, not, happen? So how did it happen? So how did it start? I'm not how proud did, of this, but yeah, every yeah. time a band went out to play at a gig, mm. there were at least three, four, five car. Convoy, right? Uh-huh. One vehicle carried the instruments. Uh, we always had a manager. We never had our own instruments. We, we There was a manager who had some money, and he bought everything, right? Oh, wow. So we just played, you know. We didn't even have our access in a lot of cases. Yeah. But the amps, the drum set, everything was provided for. And then there was one car full of, you know, with the, uh, the gang that protected, you know, the bodyguards. And then in the trunks would be like,
0: some oh wow <laughs> weapons oh my weapons. god
1: <laughs> so this oh see so this particular oh, night i'm talking about dude. with that band things got heated the next thing i know i'm i'm freaking hide i'm i ran up dropped the guitar i ran behind the tree but
0: i'm oh.
1: flipping these freaking bullets are whizzing past oh,
0: me oh they were oh, firing they should, guns
1: yeah that oh, i shit. mean this was commonplace okay this oh, is. Wow. I'm talking about an era that I don't think the the young uh, younger people are too sure, aware dude, of this.
0: I didn't know. I, I this is the oh, first yeah. time I'm hearing yeah. of this. So oh, this we're, is we're, fucking we're, amazing.
1: We're, I mean, for for purposes, I'm not going to mention the name. Of course,
0: a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't need names. I mean, the I'm, situation is is, is amazing I'm, already. I'm telling
1: you, it was happening. That's how God we damn. never went out to play at a party or or you know whatever without the entourage of, of security yeah. and, and armory. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and armory. Yeah.
1: I remember. Oh, my God. Just to show you when uh, this was. You know that where Green Hills, Lasal is, you know, that whole Ortigas? Mm-hmm. The only thing standing there was Green Hills, Lasal.
0: Lasal, right.
1: Else, everything else was.
0: Green Hills. O- 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 <laughs> o- o- no, was <laughs> Literally was, Green Green Hills.
1: Or. In Tagalog,
0: Talahib, yeah Talahib, yeah,
1: yeah. So that and we used to drag race because it was nothing uh, or just or, imagine ortigas like in the mid 60s there's wow. nobody there's no traffic in manila and this is
0: this is the whole Ort- ortigas avenue from from edsa all the way to gilmore
1: yeah yeah it was yeah. it was that that the other side was not built mm-hmm. yet the other you know. Oh,
0: the, the Ortega Center wasn't there yet?
1: No, no. The, none of that stuff was there. Wow. They were just There were just the residential, a few of those, and then La Salle Greenhills. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so, so bands would, the ones with the managers, because without mentioning names, the band managers were always scions of either political families or, you know, mm. well-to-do clans and this and that. Right. And other, okay? So that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, but so it was the well equipped in many levels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you know if you joined up with them, you you were protected.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Uh, unless you were unlucky enough to catch a bullet in your leg.
0: Oh my god, <laughs> which, that which, which, is did, wild. which did happen.
1: I lost a couple of friends. Really, in those days, with with you know. Oh my
0: god! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Damn. Wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. It was, I mean, it was this was is... like
1: the wild, wild west. Oh yeah. Where, where were you born, Wolf? In Manila I, oh,
0: um, I was born. uh Well, I was born in Saint Luke's. Okay. Um well, But I, I, I studied in you the South Green it. Hills. That's so my you... alma mater. You know, okay, Green Hills. Yeah. But that's, you... my, that's my. I mean, it's funny that you that you mentioned the San Juan boys because. <laughs> 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 we ourselves, when Razorback Wolfgang, we were starting out. We all hung out together, just like you guys and Pepe. We were the ones who hung out.
1: Yeah, uh, Wolfgang, you guys were back. the next
0: gen. Yeah, right? and who we asked? were the group. We were uh, actually a group of friends, actually at the time. You know, when things yeah. are simpler when you're younger, right? Everyone's still friends. Exactly. And, and no girlfriends yet, no wives, no families. Right. So, uh, our 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 home base was uh, the. Ortigas residence. That was the home base of both bands. We would hang out there and all of that, and uh, and then you had uh, Jaime Lontok and his family who were in uh, in Little Baguio. You know, uh, well, I don't I, know if you know Jaime. He's uh, the gaucho, the DJ gaucho, and all of that. But anyway, they, that, that that was our our, our thing, our, our group, because most of the other members. Um, a lot of them, uh, well, half of them lived in the South. So we were like more, right. you know, and then we, 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 they actually, we would call themselves, they, well, Miguel and them, we would, they would call us the San Juan Boys Club. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you mentioned San Juan Boys, I'm like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. This so these were probably like the, the Titos
1: and in some cases the dads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh,
0: yeah. Cause
1: we're about, I guess we're about oh, nearly, oh, we're about 20 years apart, right? Yeah,
0: 20 years. That's yeah.
1: almost one generation.
0: Almost, yeah. not, quite. Yeah. not quite. Not quite, not <clears throat> quite. So,
1: yeah.
0: Wow. So when did that I, stop? When when people started getting killed? <laughs> did that stop? Well,
1: uh, unfortunately, a few people got killed.
0: Goddamn.
1: But here's some very interesting one around, I want to say, 67, 60. When uh, the the counter, you know, the whole flower power thing started coming in from abroad, yeah. and then you, you and then you had people started smoking weed and not getting drunk so much, right? Uh, and popping pills. When when weed came in, things slowed down and things sort of got
0: pacified. Oh, uh, okay.
1: Th- and things things got mellow. Yeah. So the culmination of which was um, Antipolo. I mean to get 10,000 mm. you know pinoy freaks with, with all peace and love vibes seriously I mean there were there were people ripping off their clothes and no you know wow <laughs> of course, <baby>. there's, the, <laughs> I, there's this one incident I, yeah. I was on stage and all of a sudden I see this this woman you know she's just grooving to the music and she's really getting into it the next thing you know she's feeling so good she rips off all her clothes, man, and just starts dancing. The yeah. next thing you know, there's like a line of guys like <laughs> chasing her down
0: the gully. Cool, oh my god! But you know,
1: god. not not in a not in a. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to make light of it that like she might have been in trouble. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't hear anything after that that something untoward happened. It was just, yeah. it was just like a mellow thing. It was just, I don't know. It was just
0: well i'm sure i'm sure there were other people there to defend her if there was ever
1: oh absolutely you know yeah you know but 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 that's how natural and mellow the vibes were that night that people the free expression uh no no there 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 was some the man was there and he tried he tried to cause some shit, but but there were too many freaks, right? Too many freaks. Yeah, so too much they just, love. They just too much. There was just too much
0: love. They got out loved, man. Oh, wow. I love that, dude. They got out love loved. loved. Yeah. <laughs> so see, this is so important. See, now the now we know whoever's gonna hear this, and I hope a lot of people are listening to this. I mean, eventually, you know, when they when, they, when this comes out is that we had our own woodstock we had our own peace and love festival 10,000 Filipinos who did not fight yeah. yeah that's that is unheard of yeah well let, I mean, al- let alone 50 uh, P- 50 Filipinos right now in the same room they're going to fight someone's going to fight in there for sure well I'm, hopefully <laughs> you know? hopefully not yeah hopefully, hopefully not. not but i mean i mean I'm, I'm just i'm just comparing the times where of course, now you know not everybody's on weed, you know. <laughs> so, so, well, so times, are, not, times
1: are different too. You know, exactly. Uh, yeah. we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have social. media. Yeah. we just it was it was a it was a different uh, vibe altogether. It was just uh, you know I kind of miss it actually.
0: Yeah, so right
1: now there's so much tension it's, everywhere. People are wound up, man. You know, yeah. every everywhere, everywhere. And
0: you know what I think, and they're wound up. I think it's us it's they're winding themselves up. I mean, yeah. there are there are people who get under your skin, like the former president and whatnot, people like that, and, and not just here but everywhere else. You know, stupid people in in the government or wherever else. But you just have to sometimes just not let it affect you so much because <laughs> you, know, you gotta yeah. you gotta relax, man. <laughs> So, you gotta,
1: you gotta zen it out. You,
0: you know? gotta zen it out. Yeah, you, it's 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 fine to absorb it, but you gotta let it out. You can't keep it in and make it. You can't be. Uh, you, you can't become a bitter person because of it. You know, because it's really. I mean, you know, it, and and that's what I mean. It's like it's uh, it's it makes me proud to know that something like that happened. My gosh, it's still, it to me right now, After I, it's just fresh. The news is just fresh about what Antipolo really was. No one ever really you know, talked talk to me about sure. what, what it was. They, they, they would say it in passing. Oh, yeah, Antipolo, it was cool, cool. But yeah. this is first. To, this is the first time I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that there were 10,000 people, no violence. There were agent provocateurs that were outloved.
1: I mean, it's something <laughs> yeah. to
0: be proud of. It's something to really be proud of.
1: Yeah. You know, I agree. You're right. It is. And, uh, you know, Wolf, I was going to say that there are, uh, there are pictures. Uh, there are some great, uh, a photographer, uh, friend of mine, I don't know if you know Noni Buen Camino. Mm-hmm. He, he was there. He was our, he's our contemporary. Uh, he took some great photographs, um, uh, this guy Baluyot, who, who's no longer with us, who also took the like. And there's also some film. Some people, I, I'm going to try to find out. So, some people
0: took. Oh, footage. there's footage?
1: There, there's, you know, film, not not, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, not yeah. video, because there's yeah, yeah. no video yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, uh, oh, a e. guy Navarro, who's not with us anymore. He passed some years ago. But he took some film, and I'm wondering, uh, who has that? I think his uh, uh, his, wit- is, his widow might have a That, is, a,
0: that is treasure. That is yeah. treasure.
1: There's some film. There's some oh. uh, 16 millimeter.
0: Wow. That film. is the best. Yeah. So anyway, so like I said, in the course of my interviews with all these older generation, my, you know, uh, if you, as a, well, I, 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 I've heard it all. So I have this, I, I'm I'm forming, I'm slowly forming this picture of how it was, which I had no idea how it was in your era, your time, not even the late 60s, but even in the 70s, you know? And I, I was, I had I had interviewed Chico Ipura and also Bobby Balingit, and they're the punk rock guys who came in the late 70s. So I have an idea yeah. of what was happening then. It's amazing. It's just amazing because now I have this knowledge that whatever was happening in the states, we have the Philippines has a parallel universe of its own thing.
1: Yeah, that's a good. You know, way
0: it's right. it's amazing. We now and now I'm I, and now it's just reinforced. It's like we had our own Woodstock. It wasn't five hundred thousand people, but it was ten thousand people. That's a lot of people. To be peaceful around, uh, yeah, you know,
1: relatively, you know, with the relative populations, that's not, oh a, yeah, that's not a tiny crowd.
0: <laughs> that's not a tiny crowd, yeah. So it's like when, like when surf rock happened in here, there was already surf rock bands there, yeah. Because I, I had just, I just interviewed uh, Nides Ransom Nides, the drummer, and he was his early bands in the sixties were they all were, these uh, Ventures were, and Shadows and all yeah. of that. Yeah, and yeah. not
1: not only that, they were actually surfing in Lingayen. Oh, really? Yeah, they were not not there was no siargao uh, or any like, not yet no. Wow.
2: Uh, but the, the
1: waves were China sea, were uh, on, on the west no. So Lingayen Gulf had waves, and uh, Makati guys like some guys from AS in the in the early sixties to mid sixties would go up there uh, surfing oh wow and um, what's,
0: what's AS
1: uh, American School and oh it be- American it School became that's what IS was before ah uh, AS and, and, became IS yeah in 1970 the year I graduated high school hmm uh, AS changed their name to IS because uh, it wasn't fair. All these nationalities, and then yeah. American school, no. so it became International School Manila. Oh
0: Manila. wow! So, oh, so uh, those dudes would go up to Lingayen and surf.
1: Yes, they would.
0: Shit. they would. See, no one knows this, man. And they no were, they
1: were, this. they were. Uh, there were DJs who were surfing DJs uh-huh. for uh, Boss Radio. Uh, I don't know if you remember Boss Radio. Uh, what what was rj called before was it anyway there were some radio stations before in the 60s yeah and uh, a cousin-in-law of mine uh the brother of my sister-in-law uh, he passed already jimmy labrador he mm-hmm. was a surfer and he was a dj uh, and oh. and he went to America he went to AS. he was in makati wow but uh he used to tell me what and you know who else was his erstwhile surfing buddy was GMA, if you can believe it. Who? I don't know how. GMA, the former president.
0: Really, Gloria? <laughs> yeah. Was a Gloria surfer?
1: used to surf? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how good she was, but she would go out there and surf with the guys up
0: in Linga. Wow. Holy shit. Can you believe yeah. that shit? <laughs> I can't believe it, but hey man, shit. Yeah. Oh my god. See, I mean, I mean, this is this is all this information is very it's treasure. It's treasure because it's it's part of Filipino culture that's that's been forgotten, really. Yeah, it's been forgotten. It's been forgotten that the young kids now don't even know. They don't even know, man. And if they knew all of these stories, they'd be proud too. They'd be like, "Oh shit, we had our own ballet." You know, we don't we don't have to bow down to other countries when it in regards to, especially when it regards to art and music because we we hold our own. You know, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, there's nothing to be you know to feel like second class about. Exactly. Ever ever, ever. yeah even, ever even before colonization started, there the indigenous mm. indigenous tribes some deep. Their music and their art, man, it, it's just incredible. You know, yeah, the yeah. Uh, the original people of the land—that you know, the First Nations—that's that's the real. Sh- that's the shit right there.
0: Yeah, that's know? the shit right there. <laughs> it, yeah, it's like it's 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 uh, it 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 and 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 uh, yeah, it, it's just amazing to hear. That all of that st- that stuff happened, and then and then of course you know they they did their own Jesus Christ superstar. Um, oh, <laughs> you know
1: I, mean, I have a story about that.
0: Oh, there, there, there. go ahead, go ahead.
1: No we well,
0: don't have to names, but
1: no, no, I'm, it's I'm, fun. I can I okay. can give names for this one. Okay. Well, now okay. th- th- this time that I'm telling you about, I mm. grew my hair already. So by Antipolo, my hair was down to here, no?
2: Right, uh-huh. and I
1: had a full beard. Wow! So guess who was pegged and slated to play (laughs) Jesus Christ in the musical?
2: Oh my
0: God.
1: (laughs) There was a production meeting. I remember and Wally's uh, older brother. Yeah. I think his name was Dodi. Dodi. Yeah. Dodi 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 Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was part of the production, you know, committee and there are all these other names. I forget. And anyway, um, uh, it, it so happened <laughs> that the production meeting, they were going to do all the, the, the casting, right? Yeah. Oh, where's where's Razon? What happened to <laughs> What happened to Bo? He got a haircut. Ah. Oh, oh shit. man. <laughs> this, this was a couple of weeks. I got my visa to go to San Francisco. I mean, I got my ticket to go to San Francisco. So I had to cut all my hair
0: for the picture.
1: That what that was no the deal with my dad was, rest in peace dad. Uh, uh-huh. uh, was You want a ticket? Well you cut your hair. Dude, I had to have my ticket to San Francisco. And uh, I said I thought my man that hair is going to grow back. Yeah. So I, I cut it from from freak style, right? Yeah. Freak style to like you know,
0: oh so military style.
1: Not, not military, but, oh. you know, clean-cut business style.
0: Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: then I actually snuck into the production meeting. I remember now. It's all coming back to me. Okay. And nobody recognized me. So, <laughs> so when, And
0: did you when, have your beard? Did you shave your beard? No,
1: I shaved everything. I shaved, okay. the, I shaved the beard. I shaved, yeah. I shaved the, the hair down to here. Yeah, I shaved yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Nobody Great. recognized me. I was I was kind of hiding in the back because they wanted them to get pissed off because they wanted me to play – see i was you know like yeah uh i remember because we we uh at one time we were living in santa cruz near the surbaran market and when i was in my freak days back <laughs> i used to go to the surbaran market yeah surbaran Sur right central market yeah. by surbaran Sur and, and all these kids would follow me yeah. si cristo si cristo yeah. <laughs> like i was like a fucking pipe piper man yeah. all these kids following me you know like, oh my god so so Dodi and all those other production committee was say man we got to get we got to get Bo." you know he just
0: like nobody else had the, that look nobody else had the well I, beard? I guess
1: i had the full beard and it was uh, a little bit brown you know a little that they saw it thing i don't know yeah. whatever yeah, yeah, but any, yeah but anyway uh and then in the meeting all of a sudden Oh, shit, there he is. So what the <coughs> happened to your hair? You know? oh, well, no, now you you can't be Jesus Christ now. Look, oh, yeah, at your, yeah, yeah. look at your hair. You look like a CEO of, <laughs> of Johnson & Johnson, Procter yeah. & Gamble.
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> so that, so who, that
1: was the end of my casting for uh Superstar.
0: Wow. So who ended up playing Jesus? Do you know?
1: I think it was, was it Boy Camera? Or-
0: oh, yeah, Boy Camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Wow, and and then Juan and then Juan de la Cruz was the band, right? Or were they just were they already Juan de la Cruz there? Okay, or was so, it just, uh,
1: so that's that's that time you know when they were starting rehearsal, a production meeting. That's yeah. when I left. For oh,
0: that's when you left. Okay,
1: when I left the second time back to the states, and where I didn't come back till the nineties.
0: Wow. So what? So let's 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 go through that. I mean, what was your life like in the in the seventies? What was well uh,
1: here Sanf- in the
0: in America in the seventies? Oh my god!
1: So I was still totally immersed in rock and blues. So <coughs> the first five years were were playing, um, uh, you know, rock and blues and and funk.
2: Mm-hmm. I was I
1: was in a couple of funk bands. But let me tell you, so the first, like, in the mid-70s, and I met, I got to tell you this story, you know Johnny Winter, right? The albino. Oh, yeah. Uh This guy, to me, he's one of the underrated, one of the hottest.
0: Oh, dude, he was shredding in the 60s, you know? He
1: was an (laughs) idol, man. Like, he was a god for me, you know? Dude, one time, me and my, my buddy, Manila buddy, Eddie Salman, Eddie Soleta, he changed his name, but it's Eddie Salman from San Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. We both were in San Francisco together. So we were playing. He was a bass player and I played guitar. Uh, one, oh, so one night, I, I can't remember, seventy. I think it was in 74 or 75, we were in a club in North Beach, you know, San Francisco, North Beach area. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden we look over and a couple of tables, who should we see but Johnny Winter?
0: Oh my god.
1: So we were
0: Lo- long white hair.
1: Long white hair. He's like, you know, the club is dark, so he appears bl- oh, blue, oh not not white.
0: Yeah, blue. Oh blue. wow. He <gasps> looks like
1: he looks like those he looked like extraterrestrial. Yeah, like
0: an alien. Yeah, yeah. Like an
1: alien. And yeah. he was with a couple of guys in his band, I think the bass player and the drummer. Hmm. So so we we were fearless back then. You know, you know, when you're young, you're just, you know yeah balls to the wall right yeah so we go chat him up hey johnny dude i'm a big fan you just a great guitar player. Uh, uh, thank you man the guy was zonked he was zonked out of his mind so um so we're chatting him up what, what are you doing after well i don't know just just hanging out Hey, you want to come over to our our flat we had a flat in uh uh near divisadero in san francisco you know? nice uh <clears throat> And he said, "Yeah, sure." I said, oh, well, we, "We got we got some uh, really good stuff, <laughs> you know, like some cat, yeah. some cattail, you know, sticky, whatever." Yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely coming over, <laughs> <laughs> so, dude. He Johnny Winter came oh. over to our house.
0: Oh man! And
1: uh, he brought his drummer with him, so there were two of them. Yeah. So Ed, Eddie and I, like, I'm shitting in my pants, man. I can't do really, <laughs> No, big. Figuratively, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I can't, uh, I can't believe this is happening. He comes to our flat, and then you set him up in the living room. I give him the guitar. I I pick up my my guitar. It's just all acoustic, acoustic guitars. So I'm about two, three feet away with one of my idols, Johnny Winter. I'm about to jam with him. Yeah. And he gets off a lick. You know, the guy is really zonked, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going. So I I I start to back up. Boom! So he's yeah. So he start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He falls, <laughs> he falls flat on his face on our carpet in the living room. Oh. <laughs> the guy was so zonked that he, he passed just out. passed out. I guess he had. Done some other stuff, some
0: yeah, line, whatever. Maybe, you know, maybe had some quaaludes or something.
1: Oh, I don't. I don't know. I didn't. And, and then I, I said, "Holy shit, Johnny Winner's going to die in our fucking." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what are we going to do? Yeah. We, we'll be will be notorious in a, we'll be famous infamous in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are the dudes that
0: <laughs> killed yeah. Johnny
1: Winner. So, so I, I looked, So we looked at the drummer. What's going on? Oh man, he goes. Uh, don't sweat it, guys. This happens all the time. You got you got a bucket. So we gave, we had a tabo, you know, in the yeah. back, in the back behind the kitchen. So we get this tabo, fill it up with water. Yeah, that that's such a. And he, he just dumps the water on Johnny Winter, slaps him around a bit, and then after a few minutes, couple of minutes, Johnny comes to. Oh, what happened? What happened? So instead, oh instead of being so, instead of telling my grandchildren I jammed with Johnny. <laughs> I'll have to say I nearly jammed. But he was, he was in our house.
0: <laughs> yeah, he nearly jammed. So that, what happened? What happened when he woke up? He's he uh, like, oh, we got to go, man. She's like, well,
1: we had to help him. Uh, he, we had to help him up on his feet. -huh you know me and Eddie and the drummer, I forget the drummer's name uh, it was this mid seventies whoever his drummer was right um and and we you know we you know cause we were' you know the flats in San Francisco we were on the middle, yeah, so we, you know the one with the stairways yeah yeah know, yeah middle uh-huh. so yeah. we we had to help him down the stairs the drummer oh, one side, damn. you know with with his his he was he was you know hanging on to us yeah like that. So we had yeah, to, yeah yeah, and then just just gently. Place put him in their car and they drove away, and that was it. That was that was my Johnny Winter.
0: Uh, oh my god, buddy,
1: I'll never forget it, man. Oh
0: my god, that is amazing. Of all people, Johnny Winter, oh my god, yeah, it could have been
1: anybody, right? It could have been anybody, it was Johnny Winter, and and uh, he that guy was one of the hottest guitar players, like oh, yeah, Texas. he put Texas Blues on the map, as far yes. as I'm concerned. Yes. I mean, with all due respect to the uh the OGs, yeah, yeah. you know. Um but but he, he was really something else, man.
0: Uh, is, is, the, Ed,
1: is Edgar still alive? I think he Edgar is. Winter,
0: yeah, yeah. they uh yeah. Edgar yeah, Edgar Winter's still alive, yeah. 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 Johnny Winter passed away right Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So, some some time ago. Yeah.
0: But I re- yeah, I remember um Getting into Johnny Winter, uh, I bought his captured live album. Oh man, it's it's a live album and it's him in the front, you know, with this with the big elevator shoes, you know, the platform shoes, right? And the and the and the 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 firebird and the long hair. Oh the firebird and then and then I the first the, and the first song is the Maroney. Oh, oh, madam, da, 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 man, and he's
1: on fire. I can't oh yeah.
0: When I was listening to the first time, it's like wow. I did not know Johnny Winter could play like this, man. Oh man. He, he like, was
1: it. he was one of the greats. Truly, yeah. truly yeah. one of the greats. Yeah. But, you know, he he never uh got that super status yeah. status uh Like 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 the others, you know.
0: Yeah, well, he never he never came out with a pop song. I think, you know. He never because he was
1: uncompromising.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was he was really pure blues, you know. Also,
1: also he had some substance issues. um,
0: Ah, you know, right?
1: Kind of. I think that kind of hampered his.
0: Oh, um, his his reputation.
1: Well, or or just you know his sustainability, you know. Oh right, right, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember the first time I I, I saw Johnny, Johnny Winter ever, you know, because when I was starting with Wolfgang and the band, uh, I would always, my connection to the America would always be Guitar World magazine. You know, they have, in the 90s, they'd have these uh, magazine stores where you could buy any magazine that came out anywhere in the world. You know, yeah. it'd, be, be, it'd be so expensive, 350 pesos, but... I would I would read all my music news from Rolling Stone magazine, Guitar World, you know, all the music magazines. Right. And and when I saw Johnny Winter, he was already older at the time, but you know, he looked he looked cool. He had a sleeveless black shirt, you know, with the tattoo sleeves, the cowboy hat, and the white hair. And I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> you <Yeah>. know,
1: <laughs> no, bad, bad really badass. Really, one of one of the OG badasses. I yeah. mean, I. I, even though I jammed with him all of twenty-seven seconds, uh, <laughs> yeah. I will treasure that.
0: Oh my gosh. Forever.
1: Yeah, you know, and plus yeah, you know, he 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 was a very soft-spoken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, he of course he was pretty stoned that night, but yeah, he didn't come off like uh, anybody else with his stature. Wolf, mm. yeah, would just. Tell me and, and Eddie, you know, who the fuck are you? you know, yeah,
0: like, fuck, fuck off. off.
1: <laughs> <You know? laughs> Don't bother me. You know, this superstar shit, you know, this yeah, attitude. Yeah. But not him, man. He was just just like the guy at the next table.
0: Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Just like
1: a, a fellow rocker, a yeah. fellow guitar player. You know what I mean? Yeah, no,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: A fellow musician, you know. Wow. That, that's it, man. So down to earth, Wolf. I'm telling you, bro.
0: It was fun. That's a fun story, man. Yeah. So, so let's. I uh, know. Um, well, sorry.
1: Let's.
0: Tra- let's. Tra- oh, no, no, no. I love it. I love it, dude. No, 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 no. I love it. No, I just want to transition to your Latin music. Ah, okay. Yeah, because because now we've established that you're a true blue rock and roller blues man. <laughs> you love all that shit. Yeah, but now there's a different dimension coming. So. Mm. Uh, around
1: 1977, I'd been playing, you know, rock and R and B and I got into R and B and soul. I was playing in yeah. cover bands, you know, I had, I had to make a living. Uh, I was going to school too. I went to music school at, uh, um, uh, uh, some junior college in Marin.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, when I lived, so from San Francisco, I moved to Marin County across the bridge. Yeah. I uh, lived in Mill Valley and San Anselmo and San Pablo, and I I got some stories there. I mean, I don't. know. Yeah, man. I got some more stories. Yeah. But anyway, I moved into this house full of jazz musicians, in uh, you know after San Francisco, and they were the guy. Uh, somehow, I got connected to somebody, and they said, "Hey, somebody's moving out of this room because everybody used to share." Uh, rooms no yeah i I guess Uh even now it's expensive yeah but but even then even back then Uh uh, you couldn't afford to rent a house by yourself you know yeah especially especially musicians right so so we had to you know so the oh there's this big house uh in san anselmo there's a guy leaving because he's going on the road on tour Mm -hmm. and the the room will be available like next week and are you interested i said yeah i'll look at it so I looked at it, and you know, nice house, nice room, you know, nice people. I said, "Who?" So who was in this room? Oh, this guy, this guitar player. Oh, oh, I play guitars. So I said, "And who? Is, what? He's going on the road? Who is he going on the road with? Somebody, I, uh, you know." Yeah. He's going on the road with Chick Korea.
0: Holy shit!
1: <laughs> what? Yeah, oh this band, God. this new band called Return to Forever.
0: Oh no! Shit, that was Aldi Miola. No. Oh. The
1: first one, Billy first... Connors.
0: Oh wow! Billy Connors.
1: Billy Connors moved out of that room that I moved into. <laughs> he he was the first dude. I actually uh, him to the Seventh Galaxy, the very first.
2: Oh,
1: uh, return to forever the, right before Demiola. So I think he lasted. I don't know how long he lasted with Chick, but then after him was Demiola. Did he now.
0: record an album with the Return to Forever?
1: Yes. The, oh, okay. He, him to the Seventh Galaxy.
0: Him to that, the seventh galaxy. Okay, look,
1: look that up. That's Billy Connors. That's okay. the guy who, <laughs> whose room oh I moved my into. Gosh. So, so okay, so Billy's on the road with Chick,
0: uh-huh. and
1: I'm enjoying this house because I had never played jazz before. I mean, I love jazz, yeah, but it doesn't love me as much, you know, it right? Loves, <laughs> it loves me a little bit, <laughs> yeah, but I love it more. But anyway, everybody was a jazz machine, there was an upright bass player. Another story about that guy. There was mm-hmm. a trumpet player, there was a sax player, and there was a drummer. They oh were all, my they were, god! They were, like, in, the same they were house? All in the same house. They were like Berkeley cats, right? Back in the seventies, right? This guy. So the drummer, Steve Josel, who lived in the the back room, he just came uh, out, finished, come out from Berkeley. His classmate, but it was Harvey Mason. Wow. Yeah, it's Harvey Shit. Mason. So uh, he was a great drummer but he was uncompromising. He didn't want to do any commercial shit just.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: then there was a trumpet player from Seattle just sort of like a uh you know, Lester Young type. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were they were just these heavy jazz dudes and they yeah. taught me so much, man. I learned about jazz. I started doing jazz gigs when I lived there. I lived there for about 3 or 4 years. They started bringing me to the gigs. I was like the baby shit.
2: of the group.
1: But then I I I had to learn like baptism of fire, right? I, yes. I started uh, from from playing rock and funk and blues. I started, I learned how to play or solo over changes, you know, I had to, if it got the fake book and I learned how to play standards. So it was a very, and then one day, one day somebody said, Hey, uh, somebody's outside, like, Stanley Clark was in San Francisco. He wanted to shoot some hoops, right? Okay. So they came and picked up <laughs> one of the guys who lived in our house across, you know, in Marin. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I can't remember which one it was now. I think it was, might've might been the trumpet player. But uh, because this was a drummer friend of Stanley, Stanley wasn't in the car. This was this drummer friend who had a Pinay or Mestiza Philam girlfriend. Uh-huh. Named Jessica Hagedorn. Oui. She she was she wrote some books. She was a poet. Yeah. A great artist. Okay.
0: Yeah. And
1: and so this boyfriend was the drummer. It turns out for Weather Report. His name was Eric Gravatt. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was the guy driving the car. And I look outside. I look out the window, and yeah. it's Eric, Eric Gravatt is driving the car. Right.
0: So he's and the f- he's before Alex Acuna. Yeah, yeah, before. Yeah, okay, he, okay.
1: he's one of, you know, they had quite a few. So Eric Gravat uh-huh. and uh, I, I forget which album it was. I, I sing The Body Electric. I forget. But yeah. then his girlfriend, Jennifer, uh, not Jennifer, uh, Jessica. Jessica Hagedorn. Yeah. And she, she wrote a book called The Dog Eaters, you know. Yeah.
0: But I anyway, heard about, yeah.
1: She was, she was the girlfriend. So uh-huh. they picked up this guy from my house and then they went back to San Francisco to go <laughs> shoot. Shoot some hoops with Stanley Clark. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, I'm a, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. J- I'm always in the periphery, right? I'm yeah, there. yeah, yeah. But so these are some of the experiences. Then I, I moved to the next town, San Rafael, where I saw, uh, Phil Lesh was shopping at the grocery store on the corner. Yeah. Uh, uh around Phil Lesh the-
0: is the Phil Lesh is the bass player for the Grateful Dead.
1: Yes. Yes. And then uh, Peter Monu uh, moved, uh, was living right up the street. He's a great guitar player. Uh, He toured with Frank Sinatra Jr. And then I would see I chatted one time, uh, we had a local bar named George's in San Rafael on the main main drags called 4th Street, downtown San Rafael. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I walk in the bar one time and Neil Sean is just there looking bored standing by the bar. So I go chat him up and Hey Neil, what's oh my going God. on? But you know, this and you know, people tell me, Oh yeah, bullshit. But yeah. Where's the, where's the picture? Where's the picture? I yeah, said, Ain't no fucking picture, man. We, yeah. we, we didn't walk around. We didn't have phones. We didn't, I didn't walk around carrying an Instamatic yeah. you know, with a roll of the film, you know.
0: Yeah, and, that, it, it, and it wouldn't it just, be cool to, to you, Neil you, Sean yeah, if he's you, like, you, hey, man, you, what's you, up? I came a picture and then you leave him. It's like, the, that's the, not you cool, just, right? You
1: just have to take my word for it, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, so Neil Sean, and there's just a jam with some of the Journey guys up on mm. stage because they had live music at George's. Wow. So this is the kind of thing that was going on. You wow. know, where, where, when I lived in the Bay Area. So wait, now, when
0: you were when you were living with those jazz guys, how how much jamming were you doing in the house? Every day. Oh fuck! Every day. Shit. The bass
1: the bass player he had upright.
0: Did you was there a drummer in the house too? Yeah, it's
1: the guy from Berkeley, Steve oh, Josel. Wow. Oh, okay. But but he had some later on some mental health issues. Uh-huh. He, th- he threw his trap kits out, he, outside the. He was on the second floor. He threw it oh, out my the window. God. But anyway, let me tell you about the bass the base player yeah, yeah. who lived in the basement. The whole basement was his. He converted wow, nice. it into a room. He yeah. was an upright player. He had an electric, but he didn't like to play it that much. He was an sta- upright bass player. And he got so sick and tired of all the fake books back in the day because a lot of them had wrong changes. And they were all just scratched on the Xerox photocopy, and pasted oh. and stapled
0: together. Oh, like tablet, tablature and and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. He got so,
1: you know, you know, the charts. Yeah, the the, the charts. charts Yeah. He got so pissed off and frustrated (laughs) with that that he's got this idea of compiling them and publishing them, you know, Mm -hmm. like a business venture. And he did it and he called it the real book series. Bam. He got. He hit it, man. He hit, the, oh, really? he hit the jackpot. Have you heard of the real book? It's this you know like the jazz?
0: No, no, no. The, I the have real, it, But
1: the real books here. His name is Chuck Scher, Sher S H E R, and he and then he branched off into the real
0: Latin book, the Latin real book. So what's that? Has... He, he he would notarize everything. He would yeah. He he would he, no notate uh, notate. Everything. I mean notarize.
1: Right, <laughs> I, I have one right here. I'll show. Okay. okay.
0: You. Um, because notarize. These, <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, these are the. Um, oh, I man. thought I had it. Oh, here, here's one. For example, mm. the Latin real book. See. Oh. Yeah, and then you have all the all the. Oh, charts, those are all standards. standards yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, for, he or, did or Latin, that. Yeah. He did all of this, man. His oh name my. Is, God. This was my roommate, Chuck Share. Uh, Share. Yeah, see, Share see, music. Share. Share.
0: Okay. S H E R,
1: and then there's one for jazz. There's one for. And oh then
0: my he, god! He, he also
1: published this. This one, the jazz. Jazz Fury. These, these are classics. See. Wow. So this this dude was my roommate, man.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> in,
1: in that house full of jazz musicians in Marin.
0: Oh man! But, I and, can't. and then
1: shortly after the jazz phase. Uh, I got invited to play with a Latin group. I'm sorry, mm. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No,
0: no, something. no, go, no. Go ahead. No, I'm just, I'm just um, being all fan. I'm all fanboying out now. <laughs>
1: anyway, anyway, this was about, I want to say '78 going into '79. I had always kind of dug, you know, Latin music. Well, well, you know, Woodstock when Santana blew in yeah. the scene. There was nothing like that ever before. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was. Five years old. My parents had the in Manila had the 78 rpm vinyls. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if you remember. Oh, oh yeah, of oh, Cuban music, like Cuban music, uh, Latin. You know, Cuban and Latin music. Javier uh, Cugat and Perez Prado. These were mambo because it was big in Manila. Mambo. Well, it yeah. was big around the world.
0: Back around the in world, the
1: yeah. 40s and the 50s. Uh-huh. In In fact, the whole uh, big band jazz and Afro Cuban. Uh, uh, f- uh fusion. Marriage. Yeah, yeah, fusion with Dizzy Gillespie, mm. you know, you know, that old stand. And there was a lot of Cuban music influence, but yeah. anyway, fast forward to the late seventies, I started, uh, reviving that. And I remembered it from my childhood. I said, Oh, this is the stuff my, my parents used to dance to, you know? Yeah. And I said, man, this, and then I started trying to analyze it. And I said, Holy shit, this is like jazz. It's not as simple as it sounds. Yeah. When you when you try to play it, it's not you know. Yeah. So I I went. That started my uh, serious study of Cuban music. Well, at, at first it was just Latin music generically. Yeah. And I joined this group, uh, and then I I shortly found out where all that stuff was coming from, and it was coming from Cuba. Cuba. So right uh, early eighties, I dove in head first into my study uh, up till now lifelong study of Cuban music
0: and wow.
1: and Caribbean music by extension so
0: when did you when did you live in Cuba
1: oh I didn't live in Cuba I just oh I I went I studied in Cuba I, I was there a few months each time well oh, okay I I mean I guess you could say I lived there for a yeah, few months lived, yeah, yeah 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 for a few months but uh, What's
0: it like? I mean,
1: well, that this is was such a, I
0: mean, because Cuba, especially for Americans, because Americans aren't, aren't allowed there. I mean, it's such a mysterious.
1: No, no, Americans realm. are allowed there.
0: You oh, just yeah. can't
1: You just can't. Well, now, you know, uh, when I went there in the 90s, it was, you, you could go there as long as you had a State Department stamp and you mm. did not spend any dollars. About- over there, but I went under educational um, mm. uh, and uh, auspices of an educational institution. Right. I went. I went there for research, and uh, and and then the second time I went, uh, I was already teaching at UP. So yeah. I had, you know, I, I, you know, so I had the uh, approval of the State Department. So oh. and, and you and you can go if you say it's for, you know, you want to do some research, or at least before. Yeah. And and uh, as long as we didn't, we weren't allowed to, you know, buy a bunch of stuff and cigars and then bring it back to the states. Yeah, yeah. Although yeah. I did buy a bunch of cigars and bring it back to Manila.
0: The Manila, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. So what was what's it like in what was it like in Cuba? I mean, what's life like there? I mean, the only glimpse I had of it was in that uh, uh, that documentary of of Buena Vista, you know, that's the earliest memory I could remember of seeing Cuba and how they lived you know but what was yeah. it like well
1: um, that's 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 a really multi-layered question, question. So yeah, I'm, yeah, gonna yeah. To, I'm gonna try to just
0: I mean your experience in your my experience, experience yeah.
1: was uh, since it was it was like uh, for me since I was really into the music and into the culture. It was like stepping into you know Mecca or or mm. you know the, the holy land for for Latin music. This was the yeah. source. This was the yeah. source of all that stuff that I'd been playing, studying, researching, and you know, grooving to. It was it was the land where it all came from. So yeah. for me, uh, it was a, a very uh, fulfilling fulfilling. And, and satisfying experience but however, mm. I caught glimpses of how the Cubans actually lived and they they made do with very little yeah because you know they had rationing and this was right after the Soviet Union collapsed oh so wow this was in the 90s when yeah the what the Cubans called uh, the quote special period which meant mm. like really hard because before that, everything was subsidized, you know, the Soviet Union. Yeah,
0: Soviet Union, yeah.
1: Subsidized a lot. But yeah. a- after the collapse, when, you know, early 90s, uh-huh. Cuba became very, very uh, affected <clears throat> or adversely affected by it. So yeah. there was uh, a lot of rationing and ordinary Cubans, you know, they they got by because they're such a strong people. And, you they know, are
0: a strong people, they're, yeah.
1: They're strong people. Uh, but you know, you you could tell that there were things that could have been better,
0: yeah. Know? But yeah. Cult-
1: culturally and with the arts and uh, with education, things were, were strong. They were
0: okay, so you know? so so. Um, what was it like for your uh, did you go to class? Uh, what yeah, it like?
1: I, I went to what's called the ENA, which stands for. The Escuela Nacional de Arte, which is the National School of the Arts, mm-hmm. I took some master classes there uh, for Cuban folklore, Cuban folkloric music, wow. and Afro Afro Cuban. Did you folklore. do you
0: know you, you speak Spanish? I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you know how to speak Spanish already? Yes. Okay.
1: I, I got by with the Cubans speaking Spanish. Okay. So, uh, but anyway, the first time I went was. Through a uh, program, and they made it easier to get the State Department sanction or the, the stamp, you know, permit. Mm. So you know, because you go as a group. But then after the master classes were over, after a few weeks, uh, we had the option, and a lot, which I took. You know, people who wanted to stay longer mm. took that option. So I mm. took the option to stay longer and traveled around on my own a little bit and and met made some Cuban friends and you know, hung around a little bit longer. Uh, and then the second time I went a couple of years later, I was already teaching in UP, but it was under the auspices of the, uh, um, the Anthropological Society of Cuba, Sociedad Anthropológica de Cuba. Mm. And this time I did stay in Havana. I I, I went to the other, <clears throat> out in the provinces, the more remote, you know, rural areas where, Heavy African culture still wow. existed. And I met people whose grandfathers came from, you know, slaves. Came from Africa. Came or slave. From Africa. Yeah, they were wow. still, I met this 94, 93-year-old man. And he was telling me his grandpa was from Africa and he still remembers his grandpa telling him Shit. stories coming he, from Africa.
0: Was he still <coughs> totally black or was he already mulatto?
1: <coughs> A little bit mulatto. A little,
0: A little bit, bit mulatto, mulatto already. Yeah. Wow. In fact, oh. this
1: was the town, where, where the, oh, um, uh, the one I am talking about where I met this uh, old man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a city called Matanzas. It's where Celia Cruz. In fact, this old man that I'm telling you about, as yeah. I'm looking around his house, I see pictures. And I see, it's this, this this young black girl. Like, yeah, he must have been 14. I said, that's a really familiar looking face. It turns out it's Celia Cruz.
0: Celia Cruz. Yeah,
1: when she was... <laughs> A teenager, when she she's yeah, really, yeah. really young in, in Cuba, you know. And apparently oh, she, was, a, a she, was
0: already, she was already like a a star when she was young. No, no,
1: no, no, no. Oh no. It, it, before her stardom. She was oh. still well, she could already sing. I mean, she was known around their you know, their, their barrio or whatever.
0: oh, that was that's was where she's from. Okay. Yeah, wow. that's where she was from. Wow.
1: She lived a couple of streets away, according to this old guy. <laughs> wow. So I'm <laughs> I said, well, wonders never cease. Like, yeah, I know, right? You know, dude, I should write a book, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, you should, man. I mean, I don't I mean, know. This is really good, man. This is good stuff. So um so you 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 went to Cuba twice. The, um you play congas too, right? You play yeah, percussion.
1: Well, I studied percussion in Cuba.
0: That's where you studied percussion. Yeah.
1: Because
0: you're really Formally. good, you're a really good per- percussion player too. You know well I mean?
1: uh, when I in the Philippines, in and during the nineties, when I lived there, yeah, I mean, there's so many great guitar players. I stopped mm. playing guitar for ten years. I said, "Okay, you know what? Guitar players, that Daima does in here, and there's so many great guitar players. I, I'm just going to kick back." And besides, I've always, you know, after especially I came back from Cuba,
0: yeah, yeah, I got yeah.
1: I got into percussion, and I got all my, my gigs were all percussion and some bass, you know, with my band in Havana. Yeah, but uh, I, 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 for ten at least ten years or more in Manila, I, I, I lived in Manila fifteen years when before I came back here to the, to the states. Oh, okay. Uh, from early nineteen ninety one to two thousand and six, two thousand seven. Anyway, I, I had all my gigs were percussion, you know, congas and stuff.
0: My gosh! I mean, did you did you know you had rhythm? Like that, I mean, per- I mean, percussion rhythm.
1: Yeah, well, I I always was attracted to the rhythmic aspect, especially even with guitar. And were, you, were you me- were you were you
0: comfortable on a drum kit?
1: I I, geez, I could kind of kick around on the drums, but not. Yeah. I wouldn't call myself a trap kit drummer. Okay, uh, right. Drum okay, kit, because that's a whole, you know, focus. Uh, that's a whole focus study. Yeah, you have to as you know you're a drummer, right? Yeah, yeah. You have to do that and study and and, and work on it, and you know for 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 a long time yeah. before you can call yourself. I mean, everybody can get on the throne and and do like four on the floor whatever. I mean, yeah. I can, you know, I, I can do a little reggae on it, a little yeah, yeah. songo, but. You know a little too no two, but i was just I, I was
0: meeting. i was just asking because since it since the congas came naturally to you then you had you you had rhythm yeah, you, yeah, you have rhythm, yeah yeah you're yeah. not you're not you're not you know you you have the you have the swing you know you have that swing. right yeah. I,
1: and and that's transferred to the guitar so now um i'm playing i'm playing more guitar now Um mm,
0: right yeah
1: i'm still playing percussion but the the, the nice thing is that the You know, what I learned in Cuba with the percussive percussion arts and the techniques and and the rhythms, I now apply that to the guitar. Yeah. You know, so, or also in writing tunes. So that knowledge is, you know, you you can transpose it to the guitar, uh, from the drums to the guitar, Mm -hmm. you know, like certain rhythmic motifs and, and certain riffs. Yeah. Uh, ry- rhythmic uh, cells or rhythmic rhythm rhythm riffs um, in Afro-Cuban music, for example, you can you can kind of put it together because it's all interlocking drum parts, right? That's how the mm. that's how the shit works, right?
0: Yeah. So you that's can yeah
1: yeah so you could transpose those to like the strings or whatever. I have
0: uh, on my Instagram. I started following percussionists. Yeah, and. Wow. Uh, yeah, like timbaleros and Congeros and Oh, and, man. Yeah. Hey, you it, wow. Gotta, you know
1: about Pedrito Martinez, right?
0: Oops, um, gotta, I, I, I don't got, know. I mean, you yeah. got to
1: follow this guy. This yeah, Pedrito Cuba,
0: Martinez.
1: Yeah, this Cubano guy, but yeah. he lives in New York now. He's He's been in New York for a while. But this guy is the absolute shit. Man. Oh my God! Okay, let me give you some names, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pedri- Pedrito Martinez.
0: He's a conga player.
1: Well, he's all, all, all around. Uh, oh, yeah, but his conga setup—he has a snare on the side. He has a cajon. Oh. And then his, le- his left foot is doing the bell, his right foot's doing the clave. He's got oh some my other. God. He's 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 like a freaking octopus, man. <laughs> you know? Okay, okay. Another name. Yeah.
2: Uh huh.
1: Daphnis Prieto. Okay. D A F N I S. Another ca- another Cuban guy. This uh-huh. guy's a trap drummer. Okay. Check this freaking they,
0: they're, they're on they're on Instagram these people. Yeah.
1: Daphne yeah. Daphnis Prieto.
0: Daphnis Prieto
1: and Pedrito Martinez. That's <laughs> that's that's just those two alone, wolf. Check oh those my boys God. out, man. <laughs> That's why that's why I, as soon as I heard Cuban music, that's it. This is going to yeah. be my life. This is yeah. my life. Because at the end of my life, if I'm lucky, I'll have picked up, you know, maybe the tip of the iceberg.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't even. It's like, uh, you know, I, I, I have a friend, and then sometimes when, you know, pre pandemic, we would go to his house, and uh, he has a lot of instruments, a lot of guitars, a lot of, and there's a conga set. And I would, you know, I would set up the congas and there were three congas, you know, he's he a rich guy. So he had the full set. I'm like, wow, look, the conga set, you know, three congas. And I would try and I'd try my best to to mimic because I, you know, and it's just like, no, I'm not doing it correctly. There's And then now that I see these guys on Instagram, it's like there are three tones with just, you know, just the high, the high, the pink, ping, you know, that, that of the conga. There's three tones of that. I'm like, oh shit! Okay, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna play. I'm just gonna play the jam
1: bit. <laughs> it's much yeah, easier. No, no, it's it's <laughs> a it's it's a lifelong. It's it's a discipline. Yes, the heart. And, you know, uh, the thing I was used to rail about. Now I've mellowed out a little bit in my uh-huh. uh, <laughs> golden years. <laughs> yeah. of, uh, yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, there's this misconception about drums. You know that anybody can just go up there and start banging away. Like, and I'll say, would you go up to somebody, you know, know, a bandstand or wherever and and get the saxophone from the guy and and start playing it? Would you get, would you do that with the violin? You wouldn't, you wouldn't even do that with the guitar. Why are you doing it with a conga? Because that's a legitimate instrument that takes years and years of study to even play out. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. that slap alone, that tone, slap tone, it took me whew, a yeah. long time to get there.
0: Oh yeah. You know? I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, and then I would see, because I'm a, you know, I am a mega Santana fan. I have the Abraxas angel on my back, a tattoo. My full back is the angel. Whoa, with the Conga. dude. Yeah, dude, that's oh, how serious I, I am. I gotta tell
1: you something else, dude. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Wait, let me, let me finish this first. I know, I so, know. I'm sorry. No, 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 it's great. It's okay. I love it. Um, but when I got into Santana, it was already the, the 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 big Santana band with Raul Rico, and oh my god, he's, he's Ra- my Raul Rico is a rest monster. In peace. Rest, rest, rest in, in peace. peace,
1: Raul is my SF Mission homeboy.
0: Wow, he, are like, damn!
1: And you know who else? Carl Perasso.
0: Carl Perasso hom- also. Wow, he's my homeboy. Damn, he, we're Carl Perasso, my god, sa yan? my god, you know. Yeah. But Carl Perez, so I, I mean, um, Raul Rico, I mean, he yeah. would just I'm like, how is this guy playing like that and smiling? Because he's know, like smiling the whole time, right? He's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's
1: a he, you know he's a dapper dude, right? Yeah. Hey, Wolf, do you remember when Santana? I'm sure you saw when dude. Santana and Santana came to play Aran- Araneta
0: 94. Yeah no ninety six I remember oh, it. was that ninety six okay yeah I right, actually I, I actually met Carlos in the press conference in Manila great. hotel, great, so, yeah, well,
1: so my homeboys called me up, yeah. yo bo, oh, your homies are in town, so I heard so dude we're we're just so bored, man, you they 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 heard i I was living in Manila at that time, oh okay, so come pick us up, so I picked them up at the Manila hotel,
0: nice
1: Carl and Raul. And Raul had a very um, interesting request. He says, Hey, man, listen, bro, I, I you know, I, 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 sightseeing. There's one thing, because it turns out his dad was, uh, he's Filipino Polish. Raul. Oh, Crickle. his dad?
2: He's oh, Filip- really? Filipino
1: Polish. So he said, Before he, my dad died, he said, Promised me, son, if you ever make it to Manila, Philippines, you'll go to this church. <laughs> Where I used to go to when I was a kid, where where I used to, you know, uh, that's a very special. So so when they came when they were in Manila that time for Carlos's concert,
2: wow!
1: They 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 pick us up. I picked them up, and that's the first place I thought it was Paco Church, man. I took him. Wow! And 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 um, Raúl was just so we. Carl and I were were chatting up because we hadn't seen each other in years. Yeah, yeah. And we just left Raúl and the church was closed no peña francia around mm. there you know? and somehow raul found a caretaker talked him into he was going to climb through the window he had <laughs> to go inside and then he got in because he told the story to the caretaker yeah let him in the chapel man and dude he was just so um, wow that is know, amazing his father's dying wish
0: that's amazing he was
1: able to do it and i and i i said dude this is pretty heavy
0: this is oh, very wow. heavy.
1: Thank, thank you, Bo, man. Like, you know. And then so we went back to the wow. hotel. And here's the story. <laughs> Carl. Okay, what are you guys going to do now? So the show is over, right? So uh, Raul said, oh, I'm just going to hang with Bo. We're going to, you know, I haven't seen him. Yet. We're going you know, to, you know, just chat, talk story. Yeah. Uh, are you going to stay? Oh, man, i I've talked to this. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Chester and the boys. Yeah. So Chester Thompson, right? Chester Thompson, yeah. yeah. So so they they get into this coaster. So we're in the lobby. So where are you guys going? Wink, yeah. wink. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna go for some entertainment. You know, Manila light Life. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I already knew it. All right. So uh... so this was this was still early. I don't know when. 10 p.m. something. 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. By that time, and then uh, we go up to uh, Raúl's. Uh, you know, Jose Dufort, the percussionist is my friend uh, anyway oh, me, me yeah. i brought jose with me me and jose we go up to Ra- raul and carl's room so we talked with raul we had the heaviest conversation we talked about mm. spiritism and uh you know santeria and apollo wow, afro-cuban wow. religions it turns out he's a very spiritual guy he's yeah into the afro-cuban religions you know because mm. that's where a lot of the drum rhythms uh, come from
0: yeah originate the, yeah
1: so anyway, we talk and talk. Next thing you we know, it's 2 in the morning. Wow. 2.30 in the morning. So I go, Raul, we, we got to get home, man. So, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, man. It's a great night. So we come down the lobby. And as we're coming, you know, Manila Hotel, you know, the, yeah. the front desk. Here comes the, the coaster pulling up with Carl <laughs> and Chester. And the guy. So Chester and the other bros start yeah. piling out of the... The uh, the the shuttle, I mean the 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 coaster, coaster, uh, yeah. With the you know, and Carl, I'm not going to say because it's (laughs) it's not it's not PC, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Carl was the very. I said, "Where's Carl? Where the hell did they leave him there?" Carl comes. He's the last guy coming out of the band uh, of the coaster. He's got he's got this look like, holy shit, man. Yeah. Carl, what's the matter? Oh, you guys still here? Yeah, we're leaving now. We were talking all night. What, what happened? Why do you look so downtrodden?
2: Yeah.
1: Man, I felt like it felt like a meat mar- a meat rack in Somalia. Those oh were my those God. were his exact words. <laughs> <laughs> I like I went to a meat market in Somalia. <laughs> you know, Carl, Carl is a pretty funny dude. He's got that yeah yeah wry sense of humor.
0: It's it's um it's it's uh, blowing my mind that you're calling him Carl. <laughs> well,
1: well, that's the only one I've I've known Carl since the late seventies when he was a kid. He was he was a kid. He was you yeah. used to jam with us. We called Descarga. You know, Cuban jams, Latin jams. He was, he was, he was still like in his late. Oh teens. yeah. He
0: was, what's, what is, is he younger in, than in, Raul? In,
1: yeah. In the mission. Yeah. Oh, okay. he's, he's still a little young. This was in the mission district in San Francisco. I'll tell you who used to come because we used to have this, uh, Cuban Latin jams every weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, and I would play this, you know, the tres and, yeah. uh, we had people like Richie Kermode playing, you know, he's gone, uh, Richie Kermode playing keyboards. And Coke Escovido would come in once in a yeah. while and jam. And then this little teeny bopper girl would peep. Would, she, she was young, so she couldn't come into the club. But we'd yeah. see her peeping, like hanging out by the door, watching her uncles, Pete and Coke. It was wow. Sheila. Sheila E? Yeah. Oh, was my like, God. She like 12, 13 years old, man. Oh, she was, she was already, like, she couldn't come into the club. Sheila E with watches. Wow!
0: Yeah. <coughs> My gosh! A lot
1: of great experiences, man.
0: Oh man,
1: uh, I'm, I'm 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 I don't think we have all night, so I'm gonna.
0: No, I mean it's a it's a great way to 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 land Captain. this airplane. <laughs> <laughs> I like. It.
1: I know there'll be more flights in the future. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I, shit, man, borders on. I mean, thank <laughs> I, you.
1: Well, thank thank you, you. man. Thank you also because to tell you the truth, Wolf, I haven't thought about any of this stuff in in years. And now that I'm telling you, it's like I'm all reliving it.
0: You're reliving it.
1: And I I feel so blessed and and fortunate and lucky to have all these things happen to me. Uh, I guess just being at the right time, uh, right place at the right time, you know. So.
0: I know. And, and it's, it it's, it's uh, uh, happened again in this podcast, right time?
1: Because, exactly. you,
0: because the last time you, you Maybe had. Maybe last,
1: uh, last yeah. week I got dehydrated.
0: Yeah. You wouldn't have <laughs> uh, been, been too, too, uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> exactly. too enthusiastic. I would have been like,
1: dude, when is yeah. this over? Give me some. Warm yeah, warm
0: yeah, warm yeah. Warm yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. thank you very much, man. I mean, you, it, it's, it's a pleasure to talk to you and it's amazing to hear all those stories and it's important that those stories are told, you know, that's why, that's part of the reason why I have this, this podcast. So that that's great. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't become myth and legend. At least there's, there's, a, there's a, there's an actual um, it pins reference it, now. It
1: pins it down to
0: earth. Yeah. It pins it down to earth. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's a great, that great way of saying it. So, uh yeah thank you very much border on w g r s talk peace out
1: peace out man thank you
0: wolf yeah we'll we'll keep in touch we have to jam man when this oh fucking, we, we
1: do i mean we're we're practically when this fucking majors. thing is
0: over when this whole when everyone gets fucking inoculated that's let's, let's yeah. jam yeah <laughs> okay all right thank you take, very much have a good night take sir care. all right bye 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 bye